because we're live and if I'm going to be sniffling, that's going to be awful. And I've got allergies and that's, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, but I've, allergies are bad out there today. Uh, I guess. I guess today it's bad. I mean, we're getting nice 70, 80 degree weather and, you know, long, long days. You know, spring has sprung here. So that means uh, my nose is about to start exploding. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've been getting it for sure. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, welcome, 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 everyone. Good morning. What's up? I think uh, all three of us have our our beautiful carpets and coffee mugs. Oh, except for oh, Pete. Pete. Although Pete's Pete's is good, but damn it, Lucas. I got mine from the outside world today. Is it Pete's West Coast coffee or is yeah. that? Yeah, is that, is it West it's Coast really coffee? good. Dude. Oh, that's it's, so it's weird a, that you don't have that. So here's my <laughs> no, thoughts we have on it, like in bagged and stuff. But yeah, but right. I've tasted it, but not. Yeah, from we Pete's. actually have like like originated in Berkeley, yeah. I think, yeah. Berkeley, California. So it's okay. uh, it's pretty much a Bay Area and and sort of NorCal, California direct competitor with Starbucks, but they are kind of different. It's just like, better. It really is. It really is. I'm not a corporate coffee guy in any way, shape, or form. I find that they usually take the cheap, easy route, and you know, sources aren't great. And I like, I don't know, I like fair trade coffee and shade grown coffee and stuff that's a little more ethically thought yeah. out. And uh, sometimes you can't get uh, one with the other sort of thing. But Pete's is actually good. They have some really good different stuff, and uh, yeah. Yeah, good, good coffee. They upped I'll tell their you food what. game too. Ooh. A couple of years ago, they like switched yeah. their food. It's so good. They have this bacon cheddar sandwich thing. I ate two of them this morning. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Get it all Feeling out of your good. system now yeah. while you're in your 20s, man. Because once uh, yeah, you get well, to I my age, it. <laughs> you can't even look at a <laughs> the yeah. bacon sandwich. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but live it up now, man. Take advantage because it just <laughs> goes woo, right. Hey, out. you look you look great, man. You're and if you want it. cool oh, mugs yeah. like this, you can get them from the the Teespring NPR. That's right. Yeah. I do like mine. Just pretend it makes the coffee taste better. Yes, I um I I, I am a member of this Coffee of the Month Club. Um, oh, nice. And basically, similar to what you're saying, it's like these local. Uh, well, it's it's from all over, but it's like little mom and pop, um, you know, roasters and they have like, you know, these blends and it's pretty cool because you go in and you sort of, you know, put your taste profile in and, and you on the app when you get the coffee, you kind of rate it and then it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, will kind of like see where your preferences lie and stuff. And oh, nice. it, it's it's yeah, it's pretty cool. So That's neat. That's they awesome. have this. um uh, I just got it today. I didn't have time to make it, but they have this thing where you can make iced coffee. Mm. Um, but it's like this coffee pot. And I guess you like, I, I'm, I've never made iced coffee, but I guess you put the coffee in this little contraption and it kind of like over time, it just like goes into, you know, like, it makes you put it in the fridge and it oh, yeah, seeps. Oh, some cold can't brew. Wait. Yes. Oh. yes. Cold brew. Nice. Yeah. Love cold. That's brew. good. Yeah, cold brew is really good. The, the cold problem brew gets is, me jacked. Yeah, well, see, yeah. the problem is it's so easy to drink, too. You're like, yeah. oh, just throw a whole fucking thing Because <laughs> Straw. You're just like, is that true? Isn't it true that, like, the boiling water, like, burns off some of the caffeine or something? Like, heat can, can kill some of the caffeine. So then when you do the cold brew, you just get all of it? I think so. 
Yeah, I think I so. I think that's true because dark roast has less caffeine than light roast. But anyway, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah. We're going to um, roll with that. I yeah, like that. We're just going to say yes and sound smart. Um, <laughs> I did want to say uh, welcome to summer. Uh, girl with scales i'm glad she's here she uh she had a little bit of uh some stress and anxiety in a, in a two-day episode i saw her post something about it on facebook and i and i personally have dealt with with things like that and so um i did see that she's doing better and she finally got some sleep and stuff but i wanted to yeah. say i'm glad that you're spending some time here with us instead of sleeping and re- like resting yeah. after that but yeah, glad to see you're doing all right it's you know we were talking about this the other day um, at my work, right? And we're having this, not to go into work, but this sort of equates to the the whole like feeling of the world and it, it's mm-hmm. overwhelming. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, for me, like I was stressed out. I was so glad that we did that, the private inland stream last night, yeah. you know, for the inland <laughs> tier people. Yeah, if you guys um, aren't patrons and you want to know what we're talking about, bump yourself up to the inland tier on Patreon and find out once yeah. a month. That's right. It was um, a good time. Yeah, but it was it was just it was good stress relief because you know, we're at this weird situation and and I really feel for, you know, younger people and you know, I just think that the whole situation that they're um uh, inheriting is just like screwed up, man. It's just it's just so screwed up like you got you you have people coming out of college that, you know, people you know when i was growing up if you didn't go to college you were a loser you know so it's like loser 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 and like not everybody's meant to go to college you know and um so you just went just to go and then you have this huge freaking bill that's basically a mortgage for the rest of your life and you're graduating and then you're making ten dollars an hour like i mean it's just it's uh, bleak there's there's no doubt you know, and then the, from the business point of view, like trying to mm-hmm. run a supermarket, right? You're trying to get people in. And because I have the, a union that's sort of like we're the only game in town that has a union when you're competing with other like Walmart and and now Amazon is coming. And that's the one that I fear the worst, because if an Amazon has a grocery store, it's sure. game over, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where do you go? How do you compete with with Bezos and like his bottomless pit of money. I don't know, man, but yeah. sorry to bring yeah. the whole tone down. No, no, no it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's very just, true. You know that that's, that's what I always do is bring the tone down. Yeah. I <laughs> to a depressing I environmental you, facts. Yeah. So, says the but guy like, who gets to go like field herping for work, biology. Field <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the downside to that is that you just go outside and watch how everything's falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. when you sit at home, you see it on TV. That's true. So, <laughs> so I guess my my message to young people is I'm sorry that uh, the world is a screwed up place for you. But, you know, hopefully you guys will be able to fix it. Um, you know, I you have know faith what? that I that think will be, uh, but... I think this time right now, it it's really shown just how vulnerable some of our our systems are the university yeah. system, the school system, the healthcare <laughs> system, the workforce, all these things. What's doing really well is the trades, it's the local stuff. It's, it's, yeah. you the know, essential, the, the essentials, you know, you need people shit. to work on yeah. your house. You need yeah. people to work on your car. You need people yeah. who can make food. You need people who can provide the resources to take care of your animals and keep your, you know, everything good at home. So like, 
you know, go create, go invent, go do stuff, you know, take, take the biggest risk of your life ever right now, because there's no, no crazier time to do it. Like everything is risky. So might as well, you know, roll the dice on something and, you know, try doing what you love, you know, make, go and go come up with a cool new freaking roast of coffee and like reinvent coffee like cold brew did like seriously like yeah, it, it might sound goofy but it's only crazy until somebody goes out and tries it and actually makes it a thing you know yeah. like all all good revolutionary ideas started out as crazy crazy ideas like a cheesesteak who would put a steak <laughs> okay can we talk about roll? that can we and talk about that? On it. I need to talk yeah. about this. I have sure. I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I I had a cheesesteak on Saturday, yeah. Eric. Yes. Soon as it hit and hit the table, I was like, "This is not a cheesesteak. It was <laughs> not on the right roll. It was cut yep. in half and set off to the side, all like bougie like." And I was like, "What is this shit?" And then. It was good tri-tip because it was a really good barbecue joint, but it was like all thick and just like one oh. slab. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nah, you got a nah. thin slice. You got to pack it in. But it, they had like good right. cheese and good peppers and some mushrooms on it. So like the flavor was all right. But like, dude, I was sitting the whole time I'm sitting there thinking of Scally's <laughs> shit-eating grin going, eh, here's your cheesesteak. <laughs> and throwing me the best cheesesteak ever. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, Back before I gave up beef, because I don't eat beef anymore, I did have Ooh. one in Philadelphia. So at least I got that did experience you? in oh, my life. You scared me. Oh, I don't remember. It was in eighth grade. Was... Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't remember. But it was really good. So at least I checked right. that off the list before Wait, I Wait, you're not a vegan, that. are you? No. Remember? <laughs> we talked about this. I, I tried that in college, and I couldn't keep up with it because bacon is too good. True. True. I didn't even eat for six years. Um, cause I worked in it, I work cutting meat and it just like, I couldn't oh, do it that I get at the fish yeah. market. Couldn't do it. No, I yeah, can't man. eat seafood cause I touched it yeah. too much for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I believe that it's, uh, it's nasty. You see things, man. Yeah. Even the best, even the best fish has worms and nasties in it. Yeah. Those little orange worms that are going oh. through the flounder. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. Like, what is this? Like, I wait a minute. It. That's a worm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Oh man! Wow, we went left field. Okay, no, but I'm, I'm glad we we. This is something we would always talk about. Is like we got to have like our little intro and like the coffee section yeah. and this and that. So we totally did that naturally without even realizing. It was great. It's just a bunch. And of I friends. drank all my coffee, man. I know. I know. You guys are not prepared. <laughs> oh. I know. We should have brought the pot down. Holy shit! I got the whole thing. Always next time. Bonjour, Mister French Press. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is the. Th- third press i've gone through oh my I, god i i seem to have today drop no 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 oh <laughs> no 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 <laughs> as far as like the press itself goes i've broken that oh. in catastrophic ways a couple times oh i've definitely so i keep breaking the glass beaker you're washing it and then you accidentally like tap the sink and it just explodes right well and and i that construction job that i worked a couple years ago well, I was throwing hammers. I was basically doing steel cylinder hammers in uh, steel molds on concrete buckets and concrete floors uh, for 40 hours a week. And so I have like very little feeling and like tension control in my in my hands these days. So I randomly drop shit too. Right. I'll just like be, uh, 
Rachel doesn't like it when I grab her nice wine glasses anymore, unless it's the tall ones where she can't reach them because I'm liable to drop it. And I've dropped, right. and I've broken two like irreplaceable wine glasses this year. So, uh oh, I just dropped things. I can't. So <laughs> yeah, I've dropped a few presses. What can I say? Nice. It happens. Yeah, I like. I'll, I used to wake up and uh, not be able to feel my hands from like my elbow down from that job. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, because okay. because I'd be like just pounding. the constant vibration and yeah, because a concrete yeah. floor with a huge poured concrete bucket and that's your base and you've got a steel mold and you're throwing a steel cylindrical five or sometimes yeah. a ten pound hammer hundreds and hundreds of times for eight hours a day yeah. and all that reverberation is going back up through your arms, dude. I'd wake up every morning. And I'd have to like lay in bed until I could feel my arms because I'd go to like try and push myself up. My arms, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, it's like uh, like Ace Ventura when he gets hit with all the darts. Three darts is too much. Yeah, there you it was go. like me every morning. <laughs> so I still nice. have issues from that, but uh, I guess it makes it nice. Like if I get bit by snakes, I don't really feel it on my hands that much. Okay. Irked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pluses are pluses. Yeah. Yeah. John knows exactly what I'm talking about. John Burgoyne over here. He's uh I guess he, he well, he's a handyman, stonemason slash uh uh jack of all trades over there across the pond. He's uh-huh. uh he's he's the probably the only gentleman uh in the UK with a Riley's reptile shirt. So I'm trying to figure out what the snake is in his avatar. It kind of looks like a blood python, or is it a rainbow boa? What is that? He has both, and he has co- and he has a coastal. So it could be either or. Okay. That's a blood python. It looks like blood his blood python. python yeah. yeah, yeah. John, John, uh, he posts uh, a lot of his cool crafts and things. He's also a, a very skilled guitarist. You, you'd like that, Eric? He makes cool. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, like whiskey box guitars and cool slides, and he'll post licks and videos and stuff he plays on his Instagram. It's really, really oh, like bluesy soul. Like oh, he'll go out fishing, right in my alley, man. Builds up like this cool van with wood panels, and he'll play in it. Dude, you'd love his content. But he's also got like you know cool snakes. He's got a rainbow. He's got a blood. He's got a carpet. He's got a few oh, other man. things. And uh, yeah, John, John, Python and I, guy. Guitarist with a uh, guitar, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, pretty so, much spot on. John, cheers to you, John. Thank you for joining us today from across the pond, Tony. Oh, yeah. I am working on my anger issues, but I never take my anger out on the coffee. That's the that's the <laughs> anger resolver. Yes, man. Yeah. So unless unless you listen to what was that band you sent me yesterday with the. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that was the uh, that was a Cannibal Corpse lick. That was That's their new it, yeah. yeah. That was their new guitarist. He 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 came yeah, over from Hated Purple. Popped for having a bunch of human skulls and like eighty unregistered guns or something. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I like to listen to. Doesn't everybody have that? I don't understand. What do you mean? Mm. Um, <laughs> where skulls, Riley? It was, uh, though, I just really appreciated the finesse in the guitar playing at that damn speed. Yeah, man, those those metal rhythm players, man, I are, holy that shit. Dude's, you know? That dude's right forearm is like, it's just, oh! you know? <laughs> in the, in that it's cartoon. like he's uneven, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm sure his like his wrist and his fingers on his left hand are like massive, and then like his right hand is all like clawed foot, but then like <laughs> the, the hardest lick, rhythm lick that I ever had to play um correctly is Creeping Death by Metallica. Oh that's, my that's god. Thing. I used to do that as a cover and so hold, fast. It's like and it's all downstrokes to get that right tone, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, I could not oh, do so it. fast too. It just doesn't stop. Does that new Patreon little uh, arpe- with Eric? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, that little arpeggio that Kirk Hammett p- pulls off when the band stops. <laughs> yeah, dude, that whole album ripped. Good stuff. Now I'm more of a. Uh, I went from. Met- you know that heavier stuff and now i'm old and i like the blues <laughs> You're, you went you went from from old 80s thrash metal to joe bonamassa yeah or john mayer or stevie ray vaughn or you can't know, go wrong Clapton. oh all talented talented guitarists amazing oh yeah yeah so. <laughs> he hates anything with constant triplets yeah man. <laughs> i feel like i'm getting more and more into like finger style stuff you know hmm. oh your finger like, style yeah yeah i don't know it's just been more it's been more fun it's like i can only play alone during covid so it's more fun yeah. to do that like the blues is, is better with others <laughs> yeah yeah get the whole yeah. sound I, of it all yeah yeah it's um i gotta say man like you know when i was coming up as a guitar player and now i look at some of the people like on instagram or youtube and like the level of talent is just like it just blows me away how talented some of these young mm-hmm. guitar players are. They're just freaking amazing, you know. Just like, I, and it's it's so awesome when you discover something new. I think it's something new, and then of course I send it to. Usually Lucas is like, "Yeah, man, what are you talking about? I've listened to that for years." <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and then co- he's, you know, COVID's giving us- you you. You and Owen on the side. Look at Eric, all old, saying this. He's like, these these guys came out ten years ago. What is he talking about? <laughs> well, COVID's given us all the time in the world to perfect our craft, <clears throat> right? So hell yeah, man. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish this had happened when I was younger or something. Because like, man, when I was younger, I had the motivation to like go out skating eight hours a day or play guitar for a few hours at a time or whatever. And now I'm just like, uh. <laughs> I got a bunch of snakes to clean. I got a bunch of feet. I'm going to sit on my ass for like an hour and watch YouTube videos and unwind. Nap. What the hell? I I don't take naps. I cannot. I cannot bring myself to waste that time. I literally right can't even if I try. I just like lay. Oh, I could. I could nap every single day. I could nap standing up at work if I wanted to. Like I could fall asleep. Don't get me wrong. We'd- when I joined the chat, Riley was napping with his eyes open. He was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you alive? Are you okay? And then you said hello. And I heard my headphones over here making noise. Like, Oh shit. He's there. <laughs> I'm always on early. So I was just like watching something yeah. else zoning out. Um, yeah. But oh, all man. good. All good. Yeah. I, yeah. These days uh, I can nap, but if I lay down to nap, I get this nagging feeling of like, I've got stuff I could be doing. That's way more useful with this time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like all these snakes, all the, uh, the damn carpet pythons that keep winding up here. 
keep you busy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's good. I like being busy. If I, if I'm not busy, I go crazy and I get myself into trouble. Little diamond pythons are out. Nice. Oh, by the way, Eric, it's looking like, so we've had this pair of Ackies in the shop for sale. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I don't know, eight months, nine months. Like they were at the previous shop before we moved over and uh, we got them as, as juveniles from, uh, I don't even remember, but they're, they're really good, good quality. And, uh, they're now pretty much adults and they're a pair. And now my boss is like, man, I think we might just keep it. Oh, sweet. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah, I like them a lot. Yeah. yeah. Question. Yeah. How, like, you know, with snakes, obviously, if you need to like go on a trip for a week or something like that, change waters, you're going to be fine. You know, they're, they're good. How long can a monitor go an Aki specifically go unattended before it's not, not good. Mm. Is it, do they every day? A day. Okay. Yeah. Like two days. Yeah. Actually, if you listen to the, uh, the second episode of the monitor keeping podcast, there is a section of the episode where both Kai and Alan, uh, they speak on that specific topic and Kai, he specializes in, uh, Indicus. So he's got the mangroves. So very humid tropical species. He's got babies. He's got adults. He's got a few other species and things like that. Plus his, um, grasshopper breeding colonies. And with everything he has, he says he, he really can't leave for more than a day. Um, Alan recorded that episode while on vacation in a hotel room. And he kind of, uh, you know, gave some insight into what he did for some of the animals. Like some of them, he turned off the like main basking light. So they're still running at ambient so their body can still process, but they're not like burning through their fat stores under a 120 degree basking lamp for five days without access to food. So it kind of keeps them going, but it doesn't like they're not running full peak, but they're not shut down like into a winter. And then Mm -hmm. he gave a few other um, examples of some things he did. Like he threw some babies into an incubator set at like 86 and a couple things like that. And uh, I I think everything went fine. Um, I'm sure he'll talk about it later, but uh, monitors. Yeah. If you turn off that basking, that basking lamp they can just kind of run at like a homeostasis level for a little while but the the high humidity requiring species or some of those really tropical species they don't do well for long without attention and food like that especially babies so sure yeah yeah i would love to get something but i don't think i can do it until my band days are over (laughs) you know yeah like at yeah. the end of the month, I'm I'm just gonna take off and we're gonna go work on music at a cabin for a week. And you know, that's totally nice. cool with what everything I have here. But I right. know that if I had something like an, a monitor, I wouldn't have that freedom anymore, you know. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, I I've I have no problem leaving for a weekend with everything I have. And I've got a savannah monitor, I just feed him right before I leave, and he's good for a couple of days, you know. That he's yeah. he's a freaking tank, you know. Yeah. But some species aren't as forgiving. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. You need yourself lies. a sugar mama, Lucas. I know. <laughs> you just need yourself a sugar mama. Move in, have the space just for you two, and then just teach her to love all your animals. And be like, by the way, I'm gonna be gone for a week. Take care of the animals. 
Yeah. By the way, we are taking applications at info at moreypythonradio.com for hey, <laughs> yeah. the Lucas Lee dating challenge is online. Can Owen just send me a check every week? You <laughs> 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 can be my sugar mama. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I luckily my dad's back into it. So if you know when I go to Australia or whatever, um, he'll take care of my stuff. But yeah, that was yeah. that was uh, definitely why I sort of uh, hesitated with that for so long. Uh, well, but, it's, it's definitely consideration to take into your collection, regardless if it's monitors or not. Like when fitting an animal into your lifestyle, it has to fit your lifestyle. If you travel a lot, that's you know yeah. something to be mindful of. You know, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm stoked though that, that that's a thing again. It's going to be the first band stuff in like over a year and a couple months. That's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah, that's that's very cool. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I I miss playing in a band, you know, just the jamming and yeah. NPR band, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I think the closest we came was the uh was it was me, Brian, um and joe at the one carpet fest we're sort of like <laughs> somewhat sort of like you know what i mean it was like it wasn't like i don't know i was trying to get them like what what could we play like you know and then just play a little riff and then like you know everybody's waiting to go over top of it and i'm like go ahead man jam out like come on come on we'll see like if, push, I, come on, if come I come on. over we could just sit on a blues and just jam it out oh dude know? yeah 100 <laughs> it's gonna happen yep and i'll sit there and drink whiskey and provide ambiance there you go <laughs> your presence is music in itself riley will just yell Roo! every once in a while <laughs> 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 so what's uh what's up with your diamonds eric yes Diamond. last talk uh, any well, any news any learnings you want diamonds well i want to learn i'm learning through him so as he's going through his his learning in their first season and some of the observations he's making i'm curious about because the bradley to me are so unique and different and they kind of follow a similar thing as the diamonds now i'm like really curious so Dang. I was going to pull the female out, but she's, they're laying together. So I'm not going to touch them. Sure. Um, it's weird, man. It's, it's very weird. It's, um, it's one of those things where it's so, it's not, it's not different than carp than other carpet pythons, but mm. like, it's just a weird time. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're, so basically what I did is I, I have extended now the, uh, basking period, from so it's about a where am i at i'm at an eight hour basking spot at, at time so the basking spot kind of and there's a two hour ramp one hour on the front and one hour on the back that it kind of goes up then it turns off at night um she's constantly basking now which makes me think that she's Inside. on her way um Sounds like she's building follicles at the very least yeah and she looks super thick the crazy thing is is that you know with diamond pythons um she's only eaten i've, I've fed her once so far this year mm -hmm. um when she came out 
Actually, no, I'm, I'm lying. Two meals, uh, two medium rats. Mm-hmm. And before that, she stopped eating in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she basically would get a rat a month. And she's put on size, which just... A good sign. it's just weird i i don't know man it's it's yeah. definitely uh definitely different um <clears throat> i think the thing i'm nervous most about is making it too hot mm. or leaving the heat on for too long or not long enough right because mm-hmm. there's such a cold adaptive python that and i'm probably just in my head and it's just <laughs> you know it's just super easy or whatever and i'm just making a big deal about it but i guess because it's new um it's one of those things i just put them together and basically i'm going to leave them together um they've been in the nest box together they've been out of the nest box the one cool thing about diamond pythons is they kind of build a nest unlike other carpets Mm -hmm. um i would imagine that that nest is because of maybe the conditions that they have to face uh in order to uh you know to successfully yeah because they're in they're in somewhat of a, a tropical rainforest in, in North Queensland, right? Yeah. So, um, so there's a lot of foliage. There's a lot of cover. Anytime I watch well, Peter Birch's videos and he's like releasing diamonds out there, I'm paying attention to the, the landscape and it's very green and lush. And he says certain times of the year, there's a lot of rain. Yeah. So if, if you got a lot of ferns and dense canopy, it's probably pretty moist there. So, yeah, I would imagine that nesting behavior is advantageous to protect the eggs from the surrounding moisture. Yeah. So, by the way, anybody looking to make naturalistic enclosures for anything Australia, this book is probably one of the greatest books to get ideas of what the environment actually looks like. You know, I mean, there's just tons of pictures of environment in there. But um, that's awesome. It's It's a lot like this picture right here. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. kind of Jurassic um, Parky. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. They, they've, I've caught uh, three locks. Oh, the Aki's out too. Oh, Very man. good. They're, they're, everybody's out. So, are you separating? Blue out. Are you? Oh, that's right. You got the blue tongue. I forgot. The blue tongue. The Aki. All the diamonds are out. What the heck? They're joining us for carpets and coffee. All right. Hell yeah! <laughs> they're learning the, the routine. Um. um so are you are you offering food to the diamonds right now and like separating just briefly for feeding or are you you just did a couple meals and now you're letting them be? I think what I'm going to do is, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to take her out this week. I'm going to give it a week of them. To, so basically two weeks together to separate them out, feed them both, see where she's at, like, you know, uh, follicular growth wise and, and all that, and then sort of put them together and just ride out the season. Mm-hmm. and see what happens um okay if if they are successful it's the easiest thing i've ever done <laughs> <laughs> breeding wise you know i mean right. yeah yeah uh, so it, about- it does it does like in my mind it does equate similar to the the schedule and regiment lucas and i are following with the bradley mm-hmm. am i yeah that sounds right luke lucas? yeah yeah definitely Okay. Um, yeah, because you know, I've I've got my my pair separated. I'm gonna feed them today. The male had a shed a week ago. The female is dark and has been putting on size. So I'm planning on giving her a nice big meal today. Mm-hmm. Kick her into shed, repair, and right. then leave them be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least from what I've gathered, like with my conversations with Nick, 
the hope is that these these post brumation feedings should be i love that yeah (laughs) go for it um but yeah these these post brumation feedings should be contributing to that follicular development and and the shed i guess is just kind of a helpful Mm -hmm. uh you know kickstart for them because after they shed they have a really strong chemical uh Seems to reset a lot of their biological cycles every time they shed. Mm-hmm. It, re- it reinvigorates right. all of and their their all instincts, those oils, and mm-hmm. you know that that you know when you touch a really fresh shed, it's kind of mm-hmm. slick. Like mm-hmm. I guess yes. what what I've heard is that there's a lot of uh, I don't know if pheromones would be the right word, but some kind of chemical cue in that that can you know help the male know whether it's time or you know gotcha. it's, it's something of an aphrodisiac for them, gotcha. if you will. Um, so I'm looking at my female right now. Her cage is atrociously disgusting and I, I'm like ashamed of it. Disgusting. <laughs> um, and she's been looking thick and dark and now she's got her, her back half wrapping the, the bowl. And ever since I pulled the mail oh. out, hmm. as soon as I pulled the mail out, she went back to like being this like tight coil sort of sitting. Whereas when I had the mail in, she was kind of just like Meh, all over just doing her thing. So I'm I'm just observing totally different behaviors um, right. with them than I do when I'm pairing and separating other carpets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's interesting. Um, I haven't really noticed like any water bowl wrapping or anything of that sort over here for me, but um, you know, I've only had, I guess two out of my four have a shed now. Uh, and most of them are just sticking in those, uh, in those lay boxes mm-hmm. uh, pretty much exclusively and, and the males will go in and out. So I'm just kind of crossing my fingers that when they're in there, they're actually doing something, but gotcha. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> visually confirmed sure. that. So um, that's the other thing. I've got a couple snakes that have lay boxes that are not going to breed this year. And I might move one in with her mm-hmm. today or tomorrow. Um, and they're clear so I can see, but I'm curious to see what her response to a lay box coming in is. Cause she's got a hide. She's got a tube. She's got, her water bowl. She's got space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just totally yeah. different. And it's crazy to think that like, I'm looking at a clutch of eggs to drop in eight days from a coastal carpet while I'm trying to breed my Bradley. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a completely different timeline. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's been the biggest struggle for me is that timeline. Cause I'm so, I, I mean, for the past 10 years I've been breeding you know, the holiday cycle where it's, you know, October, mm-hmm. you stop, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you cool, Christmas, you put together, you know. Well, dude, yeah. I mean, why uh, breeding Kribos was super bizarre to me for that same reason, because it was even earlier. It was like the opposite in weirdness. Like you think Bradley and Diamond are weird. They're earlier than normal, you know, Python breeding. And then Rainbows, they kind of just overlap everything and do their own. Th- I'm just like, yeah, I don't. I don't really have like a rut I'm stuck in, but when it comes to pythons, I'm not used to what Bradley need. Right. Yeah. yeah. If I ever get to the point where I'm breeding monitors, um, really not a focus for me, but holy Dude. shit, man, that's gonna, that's gonna it's, really throw me for a loop. Yeah. It's, it's a whole nother thing. I, I hang on every word Grant says when he's teaching me about what's going on with the monitors and, paying attention to our black dragon i can see it when she cycles now so i can tell when she's ovulating i'm like wow 
wow, that's totally different from snakes and, and the timeline is different and the climate can have an effect on it. Like she went, she went through two cycles and normally, you know, water monitors were cycle 90 days apart or so. She had 50 days in between two clutches of eggs. It was just absurd. Just wow. eating and eating and eating and just like, and then stops eating and then digging, 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 and then massive clutch of 14 eggs and then back on food. And, you know, three, four weeks later, ovulation. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is just nuts. And how long are those going to incubate? Those uh, eggs? Like 200 days. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, like 180 to 200 days. So. That's insane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if we've time. really talked about it, but is there a specific uh, like carpet uh, pairing that you're sort of uh, looking at for this upcoming season that you'd like has caught your eye or anything that's sort of like like the next like next season? No, no, no. I mean, like so, so, something that somebody else is breeding, but like, you know this this season that you that you see around something that you're uh, like oh man i wouldn't mind having something from yes that your inlands <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go okay fair enough yeah um, i i think i second that in anything inland related oh wait um, i meant diamonds my bad but inlands too uh, but diamonds that's what i yeah. meant to say <laughs> oh lucas i gotcha Oh, Lucas, one no, day, one day you'll me? get your, your head on straight. We'll be there for you. We'll always be in your corner, cheering you on along the way. Provide an ice pack for your bloody noses when you trip over your own feet. You mean when Owen punches me in the face and Shh. tells me that... Oh. Don't sell CPS. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I'm really geeked on getting uh, some Womas from my boss's Womas at work. Um, me too. Because that's... That's just a matter of time. It's just I'll take three. Ground, so. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I did see uh, Balin post uh, that he got a clutch from a zebra to zebra clutch. And yep. I'm really, really interested to see his results just to follow the, the longevity of the clutch, see how many eggs make it from start right. to finish. And then I'm curious to see his results, see the ratios, and then if he is fortunate to to produce some supers, how those look. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I'm so curious is not necessarily that I'm looking to add more, but I think um, I think the stigma and the concern over the kink tail and super zebras has dramatically influenced people's ability or desire to want to work with them. So you don't see them as much as you would expect. I mean, zebras have been around for what, 15 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so a super zebra isn't, uh, isn't that far fetched these days, but you just don't, you don't see them very often. And I understand if people, you know, maybe are misinformed and think there's like an ethical concern about producing a super zebra, but like, I don't know, man, I've got a two year old female whose tail is perfect. Okay. So, but I, she, she's also a sibling to a male who's got a full knuckle and I had to snip off a, a nub, you know? So like, <laughs> to me, it's kind of like as variable as neuro and jag still until it's, you know, outcrossed to the point where you just don't see it anymore. Because it does seem to be reduced by outcrossing. Nick has kind of demonstrated that a lot and, and discussed that at length at times. And and I think uh, 
I just think, you know, there's a weird taboo about it. People don't want to produce something that has a known imperfection. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think yeah, that's some really people hindered. Don't. <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, yeah. And I think that's hindered <laughs> what, you know, the potential we could be seeing with, with super zebras. I mean, you want to talk about selective breeding of jungles for the best blacks and the best yellows. Why not super uh, uh, line breed the best zebras, you know, within reason you off, you obviously have to maintain the outcrossing aspect, but try and make the nicest yellows or oh, see what sure. else is in there. I don't know. Like my female has jet black eyes. I have well, no cool. idea why the hmm. male does not. So hmm. I don't know what that means. Nick doesn't know what that means. It seems like natural variation, but I could be wrong. And that's just something that like, seems like another Avenue that could be explored. I don't know. It just seems like people hmm. love it. When I post a photo of a super zebra, they're like, wow, that's amazing. I love it. It's beautiful. I want one, but it's like, they're not hard to make. Zebras are everywhere. Go, you know, like why, why aren't they more plentiful? Yeah. I, you know, for me, I, when I was, when I was heavy into the morphs, it was very much, uh, yes, I wanted them all that kind of thing and everything. And I think like what I've, what I've learned to appreciate more than anything with carpet pythons is just their variability and their pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's really cool, but I, I I just kind of think that maybe people are are looking for that, uh, you know, that that pattern, and you know, with the super zebra, it's kind of it's kind of sure. there. And I think a lot sure. of people thought that they were just going to be this neon yellow snake, right? And nobody realized that it's going to take some doing, you know? Yeah, because yeah, you're with the zebra there's a lot of black on that pattern and i think mm-hmm. does it sort of just wash into you know i, I a don't little know bit. it does yeah. yeah i think it does i think you can i think if you use really muddy zebras you'll get a really muddy super this is just you know all anecdotal and hypothesis this is not you know verifiable sure. um i haven't produced hundreds of super zebras from different animals so i can't really quantify this this claim but you know we all we obviously know carpets are a species where quality in equals quality out. Um, but like, think about Nick's ivory stuff, 75% mm-hmm. ivory zebras. What does an ivory yeah. super zebra look like? We don't know yet. So there's, there's a new frontier and that, that because of the ivory line being separate from zebra stuff, you have some outcrossing, even though Nick did line breed it and this and that, but it is unrelated. So you could kind of play with that and, you know, keep it healthy um and and ethical um i i don't know i like i get it i get it's kind of like you can't add any more pattern in there and the color kind of is just one color and that's it it's the same thing why like the sterling boas in uh in boa morphs kind of isn't isn't really taking off as some people would like it to because it's a patternless one color animal sort of and you can't really build upon that project wise. Mm-hmm. So right. like I, I get that. Um, and obviously we all love carpets for their natural variability and color. So I get that too. Yeah. It's um. I think what I'm going to do is every episode that we do of carpets and coffee, I'm going to share a picture of a wild carpet and as Let's I go it. through yes. my, my yes. files and like to just show you the, the insane variability of a carpet here uh-huh. is one right here. Uh-huh. And let's see, share screen, application window. I like that plan. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this one. thing. Wow. 
What is that? Where's that from? Is that a diamond integrate? <laughs> it is. Uh, in, it would be in the Imbricata area. But I mean, look at that. And the th- I don't I even know. know how to describe that. It's like you you see defined pattern from the ventral going from ventral up the side flanks, but then at about midway, there's like this lateral line where it just obliterates it and turns it into like almost like a granity diamond fish netting sort yeah. of thing. That's insane. Yeah. That's in the Imbricata territory. Yeah. There it is crossing the road. You know. So for people it's... listening to the audio right now, if you've ever seen a, a, a road where it's like a tarmac and they throw just a bunch of gray stones down and scram black, that's what the snake looks like. And it's on, a, <laughs> it's, it's on one of these roads and there's a zoomed out photograph and it's like the snake is, <clears throat> is camouflaging to this, this man-made that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's right? pretty funny, isn't it? That's Camouflaging how ironic. The man-made. Because you road. read yeah. a lot about how carpets do really well around man-made civilization. We we provide insulation. We attract prey and rodents and mammal-based prey that they consume well. And you know, obviously, this animal hasn't evolved to ma- you know match our roadways. But it's kind of funny how similar it looks. It's in the Western Imbricata Range. Western Imbricata Range. Wow. So. But. Where we could have been last year, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but that's my carpet, wild carpet of the day. I like oh, that idea. Eric, <laughs> I love that, Eric. We that could, just uh, reminded me how much I love my little granite carpet because that looked a lot like my little granite, and I am so. You just reminded me how happy I am that I have outcross granite stuff back in my collection again. Thank you, Nick Mutton. Yes, yeah. Nick Mutton. Love it. love it, love it, love it. Actually, speaking of of Papua and stuff. And speaking of things looking forward to, although I did say super zebra stuff, Tony did bring up a good point uh, that I thought was worth uh, mentioning because I am curious to see this as well. He says he's looking to see the number of Papua carpet clutches produced. They've gained keeper desire. So it'll be nice seeing the clutches support that interest general Papua carpet clutches. And, and so there's a couple things to bring up about that. The the general interest has come just in the form of their natural wild type and the natural variability, which I don't know how many other niches of reptiles you can say people are jonesing for a natural wild type animal other than maybe like super dwarf retic stuff, but like, or some of the colubrids um, that are just naturally beautiful, but it's a really good point. Um, for that reason because it's cool to see that natural appreciation but two because they were such you know like seven eight years ago considered brown snakes that didn't have much interest they were 100 bucks what are your thoughts eric like what do you what do you if you if you were to throw out a, a guess what do you what do you see the market trends what do you see pricing what do you see the response and and interest for like this season and the next five years I think they're probably going to go neck and neck with jungle carpets, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, that price range really, really top end, maybe six, you know, mm-hmm. six, four to 600, you know, uh, solid bloodlines or like, um, you know, what do I hate? What do I hate? I don't know. <laughs> What, what do know. you hate? Tony said, I hate as something. I don't know. I don't hate IJs or pop wins or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, 
So yeah, I I I I, oh, see he, that he, I think a... he might be saying you hate the fact that I'm about to produce albino citrus tigers, <laughs> and that you've oh, lost nah. and that you've lost your 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 Frankenstein creation over the years. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. That's the that's the. No, it's not that I I I know it kind it it's so hard, right? Because I try to convey my thoughts in an in an hour or two. And like, it, it seems like, uh, you know, I, I'm, sh I'm constantly shifting or whatever. I, I still love morphs <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? Sure. Um, but I have come to the realization that I can't do it all, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, I think when you come to that realization, you sort of start to start to move away from certain projects that, you know, you were doing just because you felt that you had to do it all, you know? Right. So I, that's kind of where I, I mean, to me, my, my love has always, I used to get, it used to drive me nuts because I would get labeled as this morph guy. Mm -hmm. And like the majority of my collection was wild types. Right. You know what I mean? It just was <laughs> right. that I, I would share, you know, all these morphs and stuff because it, you know, I guess they're exciting. Yeah. Cause it's cool. It's not, yeah. it's not out there, but um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I think like, Dude, the the poison ivy, and this is what I, I, I this is what we'll have to do for the Patreons next month, right? I will I will show as best I can some of the Poplin um, poison ivy uh, stuff. You know, nice. when we nice. when we do a private stream for those people that care. But the melon, I mean, basically they're looking like poison ivy at this point. You know what I mean? So. The idea uh, that, that that's possible, I seen that Nick's sort of doing it with Darwin's. He's mm -hmm, sort of going this melanistic mm -hmm. route, um, yes. you know. So whether it's a whether it's going to be a line bread thing, or whether it's going to be something that's you know uh, incomplete dominant or whatever it would be, um, yeah, I just think uh, I, I th there's so many directions. I mean, these wild caughts that I got from um, Dan, yeah. Um, Dude, those things are showing up big time right now, aren't they? You know, they're, they're just amazing how beautiful they are. Stupid, colorful. I completely crazy. agree with what Tony yeah. said here. IJs will su surpass the jungle in terms of color and contrast. I mean, they already just, are. There's so many different looks, yeah. and and mm -hmm. they're just vibrant, you know. And and like those banded ones that you showed recently, Eric, too. Sure. That just yeah. blew me away. So yeah, man. I think I think if people who are producing good quality poplins ijs um and you i see here's the thing we we get carpets kind of like you can appreciate a carpet regardless of lineage and you can take it on on face value or word value but um i think in order to distinguish the true value within like true good quality poplins and just something off a of jobber's table yeah. the lineage aspect of the morelia world is going to be very essential here um, because we have so many wild caught animals or because they can get crossed over so easily or because it, information can get lost, essentially, you know, we have the opportunity to really start this selectively bred like culture within this subspecies the right way and maintain that from the beginning instead of looking at it later going, shoot, I wish we would have, you know, maintained all that information. So people like Mike Curtin with his, his F3 pop wins that he posted and you with your collection and Steven Katz and 
Jacob Bratz and 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 Tony and uh, Craig and all these people that just have some of the most killer. I mean, Mutton has some too. Let's be real. I mean, Jason Balin, Owen has some via Jason, and there's you know there's a good pool of currently well documented, very diverse blood that can be just documented and maintained from start to the future. And and we can take this variability and do exactly what we've just been talking about and, and refine it the way that jungles have been refined, uh, evaluate it the same way. And then, yeah, people like, cause if, if, if the market goes that way and all of a sudden I need to find like a really high value, high night, like high orange, really nice, colorful animal. And I've got to pay four to 600 bucks for it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. All day. That's not bad. Not at so, all. Better than blackheads. To, so, <laughs> to sort yeah. of jump on your your thoughts there, Riley, I think that um, we're in a we're in a good spot, right? Because you know, us the current uh, well, let's say you know, from 2011 on, have sort of like you know, because prior to 2011, you had a, a select group, Yasser. Anthony Caponetto, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting, uh, 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 Boa Cabana, these specific uh, breeders of, of Poplin carpets that sort of like, they were always kind of poo-pooed as, you know, just this earth tone, dirty looking right. carpet. And when you right. compare it to a jungle. And I think this, this goes to my whole speech that I always give about do what you love and, you know, don't worry about what other people are doing because I live that right at the time. Jungles were the hot thing. Everybody wanted jungles. Everyone you talk to, that's where the whole light side versus dark side thing came. And it was like this, this push and pull about, you know, the jungle people saying that their snakes were better. The IJ people saying, no, my snakes are going to surpass your snakes in no time soon. And, um, you know, building a collection, I think I think we then sort of became focused on sort of lineage of stuff. And the, the issue with jungles is, is that there's a lot of questionable areas along the way right. that, you know, there's these question marks that can't go any further, either because the people are no longer alive. They don't remember the information, you know, or you or, or the, you can't find them or, or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you have this this group of people that are passionate about this species that you can legally import wild caught animals. And we can establish a amazing group of variety of bloodlines that we can't do with any other carpet Python. I mean, bread lie has what five, six bloodlines. That's it. Unless all yeah. of a sudden Australia opens up inlands have four Darwin's have five, Coastals have, you know, I think there's maybe like six or seven different bloodlines. And, and then that's it, you know, and yeah. a lot of the stuff has been crossed together. So you can't really, you know, outcross. Whereas we really have wild caught animals that you can really outcross and have really genetically healthy, diverse group of carpet pythons that will, you know, which is why I try to grab every single type of, you know, if a wild card is available, I try to get it because yeah. Indo may shut down at some point. You never know what's going to happen. And once they close the door, you know, then we're in the same boat as we are with Australia. But luckily, right. 
a lot of people have been uh, been bringing them in. I know you have wild caught stock. I have wild caught stock. Crystal Lemmy has wild caught stock. Oh, Cats, the, all these, you know, all these different people that have this wild caught stock. Um, you know, uh, we can trade babies and you know and cross things out. You know, I, I mean, I don't know, yeah. man. The, the, no, uh, to me, I think you're dead on with it. I, there's a lot of people that keep hitting me up for some of my F1 stuff, and like I'd love to give it to them, but to be honest. I would rather trade with other Papua people right now to right. help do exactly what you're talking about is weave right. a strong foundation yep. for the future right. of that species. It's invaluable. Yeah, because- that genetic diversity It's like yeah. you're saying, if when it's gone, it's gone. You can't, you know, you, you can't get that in everything else besides the Papuans. And it's so important. <laughs> it is so important. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I, I, I'm good. You know, I think Tony, I think it was Tony said that, are, are we seeing that the wild caught uh, stuff is sort of looking a little better than some of the, uh, you know, uh, stuff that's in the, in the collection. Now I'm just going to post up these pictures real quick so you can see like, um, this is the stuff that I got from, uh, Yeah, like, look at that girl. That's That's one of the wild cots from Dan, right? Yeah, they're wild cots. Oh, nice. It's a beautiful animal. Why don't I have those? I need more of those. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah, man. It's uh, so so good stuff. Bringing up uh, Papuans and and imports and stuff. now Now that Dan's overseas, would you say right now it's pretty difficult to get um, good quality imported poplins. The only place that I've seen them have any. So the guy that I will not buy from had a, an amazing trio, an amazing trio. Supposedly and... a trio, <laughs> not a verifiable trio. I can yeah. fucking promise you that. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't do it. I could nope. not do that. I would I, vote with you know, your dollar that, people. That's right, line. man. I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I think the only other the only other place you could possibly get it is Outback, you know. And Chris Salemi, man, he has this one. Let me see if I can find it because he's got it, Chris is a sleeper, man. He doesn't post yeah. online. Good for him. I can understand why he doesn't. And I know he's super busy and he's a zookeeper and he's a freaking he's a warrior. That guy's a a good dude. But he's got an amazing <laughs> an amazing collection of pop ones that nobody seems to remember, myself included. Yeah, he has this one striped wild caught. Oh man, I wish I could find it. Of course, I'm not going to be able to. Um, yes, I know underground and outback and some of those places will get imports in and they still bring imports in uh, across various species. Uh, it's just, you know, I feel like when it was through Dan, there was a lot of confidence in knowing what you were getting was going to be healthy, good, well represented. Right. And unfortunately, not because these other companies are malicious or anything. They're just so big. It's hard to keep, you know, direct instant, you know, contact with every single buyer that you just really don't know what you're getting and the shape it's in. And it's always a roll of the dice with a big import supplier like that. Yeah. I am sure you have seen this snake, but this has to be one of my favorite. I mean, look at that thing. Wow. That's a wild caught. (laughs) 
I need that. You know. <laughs> oh, that snake just like gets me every time. Freaking wow. species! If you covered up the head, I wouldn't know what what that was. <laughs> That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. And then I think I've I don't know if I've ever shared this on um here, but the, you know, like we talk about you know just the different places you can go and i know you guys have seen this but um mm. this one this girl that i have yes you know that thing's amazing like, just the color on her is just nuts yeah um, she's wild you know uh so nice yeah so i i don't know man Do you have any pictures of those banded ones <laughs> the banded ones yeah i'm sure i do somewhere i i feel like you know, right now there are very few reputable importers that you could reliably get Poplin carpets from right now. Now that that Dan's gone, because he kind of he had one of the the larger contracts out of Indo. There's a few people I know with contracts from like Malaysia and, and stuff like that, but nobody was you know bringing in the volume and frequency and you know caliber of animals that dan was and i've seen some of it and i've seen the 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 not so pleasant side uh somebody local to me who i won't i won't mention she just had to go through one hell of an ordeal with an imported animal from one of those big companies and basically long story short the animal is no longer on this earth and Mm. had a really rough you know month or two captive care as a result of it and you know, to me, Dan leaving and there sort of being this absence of good, reputable, reliable Indo importers, I think you're going to see the availability go down with the added increase in attention and desire for them. Demand is going up and, you know, with COVID making you know, exotic animal stuff, a little dodgy shipping and international wise, I think you're going to see a, a big choke on that supply chain. And, you know, we all know what that does. Um, yeah. So I think we have a really incredible opportunity to, to set the species or the subspecies up for a long, prosperous and healthy future of, of good color, good breeding, exceptional yes. value. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this is my, this is the mom of the banded girl. Oh, you know. It's so cool. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite snakes, man. I I'm a love sucker for good banding. I remember clearly. seeing her at Carpet Fest. That snake's nuts. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I love that snake, that big chunky head with those. I love these like black, you know what I mean? Like the black in the, in the labial pits that sort it's of like separate. A skull. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. So and cool. the babies are looking a lot like that. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh, well, you guys will see soon enough when we can, uh, <laughs> yeah. ship, I guess at the end of the month, you know, yeah. I mean like just here, just, just alone. I mean, uh, man, you know, you got me talking about IJs now. I can't <laughs> stop. <you know? laughs> That's fine. You got like another what, hour. What just done? keep going. <laughs> you know, like, that's something I produced. Yowzers. You know, what is look that? Look at that thing. It's just something. What? That's from the tiger stuff, you know? Like, look what? at the pattern sort of disappear in there. You know, you could probably go oh, stripe man. there. Um, There's that one, you know, like trying to recreate that 
Yeah, you Ghost, got some uh, orange stuff. You got some yellow yeah. flames. You got some craziness. The rich blacks with the yellow mouth. That's nuts. So, wow. So this one was the male. Uh, that was from that female, that the banded female. You know, it was a tiger. I mean, zebra granite. <laughs> oh, how'd that get whoa, in there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we went off track here. <laughs> oh, speaking of supers, there you go. Look at that. Can you see that? Yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> my super zebra. The heck wow. is going on in the comments on that one? <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the the potential for for Papo and selective breeding and and I think you're dead on in that 400 to 600 price range because to be honest, once we get to a point where uh, the folks have laid the groundwork and we're selling stuff, the quality is just going to be through the roof. I mean, and then like, yeah, man. And then when you take like, you know, if you want to go just a different um, direction, you just have something like, you know, this where, you know, you have more of that chestnut where it's burnt at the top. You know what I mean? Like, I just love how that's sort of like, it looks like it's just burnt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The the variability is just insane. You know, that's, that's what's so cool about it. And that's that's all carpets, right? Like the pop mm-hmm. ones we we can get more of and everything else we just kind of have like a very small snapshot of the gene pool. But like the picture sure. you showed earlier, like other subspecies can look completely not like how we think they look too. It's just we don't have access to all the all the material, all the genetics. Yeah. 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 Here's a better shot of uh mom and the banding for you. Um Sorry for the people that are listening, but <laughs> that is so oh, cool. Oh man. There you go. That's a killer snake. I like banding. Oh. Blackheads, yeah. walmas, growls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I noticed a trend. You need, need zebra snake. You need oh. zebras. You said zebras, I said tiger snake. <laughs> uh you went way extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I think you yeah. can do a tiger rattlesnake where you're at. Oh, maybe. actually, no, they're Arizona. You nah. probably can't. I don't want anything that could kill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, better tie your shoes, buddy, because you could trip Look over your you laces and fall down the stairs and die. That's fair. I just don't trust myself. <laughs> mm. uh, this was the uh, sire to the uh, to the clutch, by the way. Just so you. Uh see what i was trying to go for oh no not video with um but trying to like just intensify those bands that's so cool so that's a boa cabana girl boy i mean but Mm. nice so that uh that one clutch of papua eggs that i got from the female that broke her back um it's at I think 36 days in the incubator right now. So nice. assuming all 10 eggs make it, we'll have a second round of those. And depending on the gender ratio, I will either be sending you a baby from that clutch or I'll send you one of the two females from the first one. So you it's been 36 have... days since she laid. Yeah, man. Time flies. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, and she's gotten worse, man. So mm-hmm. for anybody that's curious about like what happened, she laid, she broke her back, broke some ribs yeah. and is paralyzed from that injury site down. And at first, you know, obviously from the, 
other than the weird defect at the spot, she kind of looked normal. Now her scales have gotten like plastic and tacky. Um, she's developed a respiratory. She's oh, not gone to no. the bathroom at all. Uh, I can't even get the oral meds into her anymore because she's so full of mucus. I'm worried she's going to aspirate. She's just a big limp bubble at the bottom. So she's, That's no I good. think, uh, I think she's doomed. So it's going to be the end of the road for, for her as I kind of assumed it would be. Um, but yeah. you know, for anybody else who's listening, if you're going to become a vet, call people back damn it i swear <laughs> to god if i call my vet one more time and leave a note <laughs> for the receptionist and they don't call me back for a week i'm gonna lose my freaking shit yeah because right. it's 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 unbelievable to leave leave a patient hanging i called my vet four or five days ago to let her know that this is not working and this animal is going downhill and i have not received a call back and guess who's suffering from it the animal so yeah, if anybody wants right. to become a vet no learn good. to be better with bedside manner than most people are yeah. Um, okay. So, what's y'all's take on having a good collection of IJs, like line bred high orange stuff, then using that to create designer lines, subspecies crosses? Ryan, <laughs> you and your retic mentality. He Get out of here, Ryan. Well, I don't have any, but if I was to start God. mine from scratch right now, I would not do what not Ryan do said. subspecies crosses. <laughs> Fucking Ryan. God. <laughs> It's it's sort of why uh, I agree. It's like you're trying to, you know, when you think about it, right? This whole idea of what I just said about having all these different bloodlines and different wild caughts and outcrossing and all that. I think you know, once you get into this idea of the morphs and stuff, you 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 sort of like just become obsessed with making the next coolest thing, and that's where the lines become muddy, right? Because right. somebody, you know, it, you, we can represent everything the way we say, you know, it's a cross, it's this, it's that, and da 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 da. But three right. years from now, it all whoever lost. has it is going to be saying that this is a, you know, this is an X. I got it. I, it's happened to me three times to mm -hmm. people that I didn't even sell snakes to. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got this. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Albino Darwin from uh, Eric Burke at EB Morelia. And I'm like, well, first of all, I've never bred Darwin. So <laughs> you didn't get it from me. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just the hell you did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I've I sold snakes where people were like, I got this beautiful jungle from so-and-so from this year. I'm like, I didn't produce jungles that year. They're like, what is it? I'm like, not a jungle. <laughs> There's not even yeah. jungle in that. I told you nothing with the word jungle and people yeah. just, they remember what they want to remember sometimes. Yep. And, yeah. and also, you know, that's where it gets tricky when you're not actually buying from the person that mm -hmm. made Stuff the babies. Because yeah. It can be, you know, not to call out pet shop owners, but it can be advantageous for them sometimes to call it maybe a little something different yep. for that extra. Or they, bucks. or they omit a detail. They just leave it a generic name because it, yeah. it's not the customer basis. It's just somebody who or, wants to buy a pet, but then well, they go it came out from, and it came from this person's stock. So I can bump it up just a little bit more. Right. If I don't right. really know that, you know, like I hate to say that, but you know, that happens, you know, oh, I've seen it happen. Sure. I remember before COVID hit, there was a, a show out here in the Bay area and uh, a very, very prominent uh, particular shop uh, in the Bay area 
uh, had a booth at this table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they had some carpets on the table. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking by and I was like, oh, they've got some carpets over there. And I went and looked. And the first thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was they had an acrylic stack and they had what was clearly some sort of <clears throat> probably an M Pen coastal or it was very gray and stripey, had that kind of coastal M Pen look to it. And uh, they had it labeled as a Jag. <laughs> No jag, wow. not a jag, and then they also had it marked for like five hundred dollars, which is silly. I think I know um, who you're talking about. You you do, and um, I think that I've also seen certain labels that uh-huh. don't exist. You like probably know this one too, Red Morph. Yeah, yeah. Um, you probably also know this one. So you know how you know how ivory and ocelot and things like that are kind of come from very exclusive bloodlines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, they're not just willy nilly everywhere, and certainly not wholesale to pet shops. Nope you you're um, not gonna you're not gonna this, see that. <laughs> this same vendor had uh, what was just a generic jaguar on the table, labeled as uh, an ivory ocelot gamma jag Ooh, and they had it priced you. at fifteen hundred dollars and it was a little baby and i was like uh-huh sure good sure. lord and i and i ended up knowing exactly who produced that animal who the shop was where they got it from and i kind of was like hey by the way so and so's doing this and this and 20 minutes later that label was scratched out and just said jungle jag <laughs> and the price was down to like two hundred dollars i was like yeah Whatever shop you sold to is not an ethical one. I'm not going to wow. name names here, but uh, Lucas, you know exactly who I'm talking about. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's wow. shitty. We certainly don't do that at GX3. No, and and unfortunately, that's the reality of of certain you know folks in this industry, and that's why it really does matter, even as a beginner to educate yourself before you buy an animal so that you can avoid that kind of a pitfall. You know, sure. do the research so that you know that what you're getting sure. actually looks like what the label says. <laughs> um, I, and I do want to bring up, you know, I, this is like a little asterisk. I'm not morph bashing. No, you know, morphs are morphs are cool. And I have no problem with people Absolutely. crossing, you know, especially the people that do yeah. disseminate the information, like folks making snows or double head snows or things like that. Albino brettles. Yeah, they do their best to to represent them the best as possible. It's not their fault that, you know, stuff gets lost in translation. We've all heard of the game of telephone where it sort of gets mixed up. And then then there's the other side of it where people are intentionally trying to cross things to see what they can make. And, and, you know, like Tony has a wonderful project that I personally would not pursue, but I love seeing the results and that he's sticking with it for however many years he's, He's adding caramel into some IJ stuff and he's just trying to see what it does with the Jags and some striping. And he's making some arguably phenomenal, beautiful, colorful animals. Now, are they crosses? Sure. But does that make them bad animals? No. And has Tony sold any of them? No, he's kept them all. Why? Because he's got a goal with them. He's got a project. He wants to see how they go. When it comes time, if he decides to let them go, he's going to be very particular about what information is passed on. He's going to make it very clear that they're not a pure IJ or pure coastal. And, you know, that's where it comes to being particular about who a project goes to. I get a lot of people that hit me up all day for, you know, let me know when the the citrus tiger eggs hatch. And I'm like, like, I don't want to deny somebody the the access into that project, but I also want to make sure that that project goes to people I know are going to 
you know, remember the information accurately, prolong it accurately and do stuff with it the right way. Yeah. It's funny. You talk about citrus tiger, right? And when I was looking for the picture, um, but I'm with you hundred percent, Riley. Like I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, uh, the, the whole, I'm not anti-morph at all. I'm not, I'm not any of that. I, 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 in fact, I still have some of those crosses and stuff. I think for me, I just came to the realization that, um, just for me personally, I'm just, it just doesn't have the same, um, I don't have the same appreciation, I guess I've did in the past and I've, I've learned to really, and probably Herpin had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you see something like this, it just drives me insane. You know, the citrus tiger to me has a certain look. It has a certain wow factor. And when I see this, that's just bullshit. <laughs> oh, I remember this. That's straight yeah. up bullshit, man. <laughs> yeah, with a thousand dollar price tag too. Yeah. That's just bullshit. That is not a citrus tiger by any stretch of the means. That is not. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, I'm just like, I, I, I don't. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It does a disservice to the project. You know, I mean, like, you have, oh, man. I'm trying to. I wish I could I'll find I'll find a good way. one too for you too, and I'll I'll try and get that pulled up too because I know exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. and I share the sentiment, especially after I've seen the caliber of the female that produced my female, which I'm in love with. I mean, come on, yeah, that's night and day different. Yeah, that's a citrus tiger, right? That I have not produced anything that doesn't look like that from breeding citrus tiger in that in that line. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's always had that same type of look. Now it might not have that gray fish netting, uh, that's on the side, but when you see, oh, dude, it's just, ah, oh, it drives me nuts, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and then the, the hardest part is like, there are genuinely people who do it like on a mistake. And then there are people who do it to like get a few extra hundred dollars out of somebody. Right. right. And there's a difference between like the intent or just being ignorant. Right, right. And unfortunately, more often than not, there's intent behind the mislabeling. Yeah. See, this is one I produced. The last clutch that I made, this is that's a citrus tiger. I mean, you see the look and it looks just like mom. It's got that's going to turn all gray. The yellow's going to intensify. You know, it's an it's inheritable phenotype. Even if the animal doesn't have like a crazy stripe all the way, like that one male you sent me, it's like a bunch of broken stripe. But it's got the color, it's got the look, the head look, like all the tones yeah. are there. It's it's slightly different, but it is a citrus tiger without a doubt. You can see the look in it. That's a citrus tiger. God, that's one of my damn it, that's one of that. my males. <laughs> you know, that thing's so nice. I feel bad for everybody listening on the audio who can't see this. Although most of the people that are listening on the audio better be familiar with it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the pictures that I'm sharing at some point, but um, yeah, yeah, well, I you know, you can just oh here we go. All right, I'm gonna put this in the chat, and then what I'm going to do is I'm gonna use my newfound skills Ooh. that Eric taught me. Uh oh, and I'm gonna <laughs> share it so I can exactly. Dang, that's nice. I saw the picture first. Yeah, so I can I can be on the. 
on the oh yeah. Oh. Are you both like logged in as there it VR? is? Is that how you can do this? I don't have no. So um, there's a share button on the bottom of the screen. Oh, yeah. and so if you have it open in oh, another like Chrome tab, so you young Eric, guys, what the heck? <laughs> you're, you're totally I failing need, me. I need tech support. <laughs> Eric, bar. So can you? Yeah, see, that's... is this photo showing up? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's hundred so percent. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's a citrus tiger. Yes. Yes. Mm. That, that girl you her, got. That was her right She's before probably, she laid eggs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right before she laid eggs. Look at that, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, man, right, that's well, a, so. I'm so She's amazing for that clutch, man. I cannot freaking wait. She's like 16, 17 days into uh, mm. into maternal incubation. And uh, for the for those of the the audience that are here today that uh, are not part of the patron uh, stuff last night when we were doing our our Patreon exclusive. It was really cool to see her leave the clutch, fully come out, go like run a lap on the lights, warm up and go right back to the eggs. And so she fully left the clutch. I could see the eggs are sitting on the bottom of the tub. And then as she goes back in, she picks them up and she's just swirling around them. And the clutch just goes Shoop! and perfect, like a freaking Death Star around it. Like right. so bad. That's awesome. Dude. That's awesome. I yeah, love that's mom. That's mom. <sighs> that's amazing. And she is a. 2009 at, animal and she still looks the same look at those little portholes that's so cool. i love it <laughs> lucas so, you got to see her in person man because the portholes are the cleanest thing ever and that is a glow insanity. like even yeah. in order to get the color right on the side flanks of a citrus tiger you have to take a photograph that's that's photographed in good like high kelvin lighting and then you have to turn it up and then it blows everything out on the background that looks ridiculous, but it, that's the only way to get the color. They're just super intense. Someday. Yeah. I'll see it someday. Yeah. I love how it's like, you know, it's got this, again, I, I'm a, just a huge fan of like, like when a stripe is going down the back of a snake and you got this, this dark highlight that sort of highlights that stripe yeah. mm -hmm. and then turns super light here. And then mm -hmm. the black outlines all the portals on the side. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, oh my God. That's and unreal. then when and when a female is like ovulating with those colors, you know how they glow before they go. Holy shit, yeah. man! Yeah, that's man. like They're, one of the most exciting things to see ever. I love it. I can't wait, so man. Cool. man. I, I bought wait. every single animal from his. So he he made he produced three clutches with his actual pair that came. What I know, he's produced other clutches where he's used different animals right because the mm. female i think died after the after the third third one or mm. something like that i'm not mm -hmm. sure but um those three clutch the first clutch i got my first pair from um and that's that female and another male i paid a thousand dollars a piece for those animals thousand dollars a piece back in those days you know what i mean that was a lot of money but i'm like dude i have to have this project to, you know that that snake is just phenomenal and here's another thing right like everybody else was sort of chasing gamma and stuff like this i'm like mm -hmm. why am i doing what they're doing to gamma with citrus tigers you know what i mean like to me mm -hmm. this is my wheelhouse so let me yeah. kind of work from here and not worry about this gamma stuff let everybody that's doing that do their thing so we're not stepping on each other's toes right. and um you know the next year he produced another clutch in 2010 and i just bought the whole clutch except for <laughs> two, the whole thing i yeah he's 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 emailing i said listen man just give me the whole entire clutch what 
<laughs> the whole clutch, whatever it is, just tell me and I got the whole thing. So that's bad. That is awesome. That's baller status right there. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, yeah. I mean, it's but that's but if how you're going to go it. into a project. That's how you get it. That's yeah. how you do it. You know, me and Rob talk about it all the time. Like people will get into a project and they get a pair of animals and they think like, you know, like that somehow I'm not saying that you're not going to breed them and produce them and all this stuff. But like, if you're, if you're really serious about getting into something, you need a group. You yeah. Know what I mean? sure. You need, you need a group of, the, of those animals. hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many reasons why that's the case too. You know, it's not just because you want different, options but shit happens you know you need that redundancy yeah. if you only have a pair 100%. and something you know tragedy strikes like it did with riley's um pop one this year if you only right. have a pair you're shit out of luck you're done and then yeah. all that time and money you know you, you got to start over um, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah absolutely. that's why i need all the blackheads now <laughs> i need uh, redundancy <laughs> surrender your aspidites or lucas will find you yes. if anybody wants our aspidites will get you <laughs> 10 brownie points just drop off the blackheads i'll give you my address no It'll one gets good. hurt no <laughs> yeah either that or woma's it's fine it's fine either one brett Won't did you guys see uh brett bender's clutch oh yes. did she finally lay She's yes. so nice. She's got that that orange belly thing. Like, yeah, she's uh, yes. gorgeous. That's that's something I want to pursue. What was the size of the clutch? Did he? How I don't many think eggs? he posted a count, but it looked pretty good. Nice, pretty good. Good. That's yeah. the, that's good. The I I have a, a an animal from him. Amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. Woma. Yeah, for sure. 100%. His Womas, Justin's Womas from the Art Avila's line. Um, Casey I got a pair of those. Hill yeah. Exotic just got some clutches too. There's going to be some really nice Womas this year. Obviously the GX3 stuff. Like I want like yeah. one from all of these clutches. <laughs> I need another <laughs> building. Yeah. And so let money. me ask you this, Lucas. Like yes. where's where do you see your your vision of what you want to do with Walmart pythons? Like what what are you trying to you refine or what are you trying to do with them? Refine uh definitely high orange. Um, try to keep that look that that male has with the super, super orange belly. Uh, I want to bring that out. Um, if I get something from the reduced pattern clutch, that would be really cool too, to try to combine a reduced pattern with the super orange stuff. You know, that's like some, uh, there's some Womas in Australia. I think it's the, uh, is it Genbert? Jenbert. Yeah, Jenbert Python. They've got some stuff like that that is like a combination of that reduced pattern look, but with the crazy like candy corn orange belly, and that would be insane. Um, but honestly, I I I just would love to have different directions to go with it. Um, you know, really high contrast, strong banding, reduced pattern, no banding, super orange, super light. Like it's it's kind of endless for something with no more <laughs> variety. Got to have yeah. all for something with no morphs. There's, there's still endless possibilities. No so. morphs in the States yet. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't want them either way, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what, uh, how are our blackhead eggs looking day 19? Perfect. I think. Still yeah. Good. Still solid. That's pretty yeah. good. Day 19. No change. Everything's, everything's good. That, that incubation method that we're running, um, mm-hmm. Uh, the damp coconut husk That's with genius. Polyco, yeah. perfectly 
my Kribo eggs are perfect right I now. I bought a big sack of it. I've, I've got, I got to get the cocoa husk, but I've got the polyfill. Getting everything on it from uh, Woma eggs, blackhead eggs, ball python eggs, gecko eggs. If we nice. get tortoise eggs, those will be going on it too. Monitor eggs, tegu eggs, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, for the hopeful brittles <laughs> clutches that I. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. I'll prazzle him and ask for daddies. Uh, <laughs> Craig was yeah, all excited. He's oh like, finally, God. somebody's talking about IJs. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. What happened? Woma, 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 woma. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to IJs. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, for the hopeful Brettles clutches, the ones that I don't do MI with, I'm definitely going to use that polyfill. I mean, yeah. that's that's just such a genius idea that they it doesn't wick the water and 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 you can reuse the polyfill if you want like Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah it's really good and it and you don't have to worry about like trimming anything to particular tub size like if you've got a tub and it works and it fits in your incubator boom you're done exactly Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really good it's a good idea so i think uh that coupled with making sure like if you do get condensation on your tub if you tilt it a little bit put like a little rod or a pen underneath it so you're like instead of level it's tilted one way mm-hmm. so any condensation on the lid rolls to one side and down the wall instead of dripping on your eggs i think if you do any of those combination of those techniques you will have you will have success with your incubation with you know particularly sensitive eggs such as aspidites eggs yeah so Makes sense. i'm excited yeah i yeah. think it's a great idea i've got it's... that uh adult woma coming this week as well from casey that i bought oh, a long right. long time ago finally got that shipping window good and so Damn, casey... look at you making moves lasik oh casey sorry uh Cannon. casey i think her last name is schultz zion hill exotic oh sure oh, okay gotcha. yeah. She's got a couple, uh, at least one, if not two, um, sailfin dragons yeah. from us. Yeah, from yep, us, from Grant. Yeah. Oh, is that right? I'm That's pretty awesome. sure she's bought one or two from Grant's uh, uh, big male, the purple chested male. She has a crazy blackhead that very much looks like the female that laid at GX3 as well. Yeah, she has, she yeah. has a boy with that same pinstripey look. And I was like, dang, it's too bad you're over there because that would have been a cool clutch if, if, the, if you guys could have put things together this year but no i'm i'm obsessed with her collection she's the next uh humans of herpeticulture guest so that's gonna be that's gonna be all prazo lamb and aspidites session right there (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever that means (laughs) yeah i was was trying to figure that out as well (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that is (laughs) it's probably a medication google it um Eric, I wanted to ask you what uh, what's the next step for poison ivy stuff? So, I was going to breed sibling the sibling this year, um, just because I'm at that point. Um, it, but uh, I, I I didn't I didn't breed this year. But next year we'll be sibling the sibling to see what happens and. Um, yeah, I don't know. The the sucky thing, the the you know, so far the sucky thing with uh, the poison ivy stuff is that, and if you go back all the way to the beginning when the project started with uh, Jake Milbrat, um, he, he he had this amazing pair of these you know very dark IJs, very melanistic IJs. He brought them together, and they all came out normal. So he kind of like sold them all, and turns out that that's what poison ivy was in that clutch and i i still to this day believe that a lot of those 
melanistic IJs that look very similar to her are all from that same clutch. I have no way to prove it. I think um, there was a couple people out your way that uh, that had some that looked like. Yeah, uh, Emily Stoddard, exactly. who I yep. don't believe she she breeds them anymore. She might still have her mm -hmm. pair, but she's kind of dipped out of the scene. I, I bought a, a pair of half siblings because she bred two pairs one year that uh, that all were really good. Um, so they like had some wild caught blood, some het granite blood, some a few other things in there. And I've got it saved somewhere in my computer, but they're really dark really really yeah. dark babies and uh she kept the entire two clutches for a while before she decided to sell and get out and she i mean she undersold them as far as pricing goes um but i've got my pair of them and they're black like coal black yeah amazing but like in yeah. two different but ways like the male he gets a little orange flames come up the side female just dark all the time yeah yeah it's um it's, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things. Yeah. I have, there's, there's one, um, male that I have that's exactly like that. It's like melanistic be like crazy melanistic going down. And then there's just these, it just like the saddle has this like little bit of like orange and the contrast between this bright orange and this black is just, it looks like it's on fire. Every yeah. time I look at it, I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, this snake is amazing. I remember, um, I remember feeling that same impression when, when I was out there for carpet fest two years ago and holding, holding one of the PI babies. And it's a, yours is like a true, true black, like it's darker and cleaner than, than these two. So I see the distinction and yours just way nicer, but I always think about that, you know, cause poison Ivy is obviously no longer with us. Um, mm -hmm. you know, what, from a responsible standpoint slash line breeding slash exploratory standpoint, you obviously have the whole clutch to experiment with and, and take it down those couple avenues. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to make sure that, um, I, I have a, um, a very dark, uh, it was actually the one that the, you know, the one that produced for you, that group that we got from Dan for mm -hmm. whatever reason, they were darker. Mm -hmm. than the first imported group that we got when cats was getting them. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that, that second one, I don't know what it is. It, it reminds me of like the ex head exanic animals, right? Mm -hmm. So, which by the way, man, those head exanic IJs are vicious. Yes. <laughs> I made the mistake of putting my they female at head height and dude, she comes real close to face bites. Yes. Oh, 100% my female every tub, time. She'll bite herself. Oh. She'll bite the hide. She'll bite the bowl. She'll bite the hook. She'll bite everything. Anything. Yeah. She's just Dude, like, she I don't know if it's a food response. Yeah. I don't know if she's pissed at the world. I need more snakes that want to hurt me. Dude, they're oh meaner than... Gosh. I got bit they're by my inland. Like, what's up with that? My inland bit what? me. What? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? <laughs> you. You. I was, I was showing yeah, somebody. I was, I was like, these snakes never bite. So nice. And then just chomp. <laughs> it was, yeah. it, it's I was like shocked. when I got bit by our bullens at the shop, she full on food wrapped me. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, this yeah. isn't supposed <laughs> to happen. What's wrong with you? <laughs> there, that's an intimidating snake, man. And bullens, like a baby a inland. Adult hell bullens? yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little weenie. Not to go no, that that bullens girl's head is like, you know, 
good size. So those teeth were, I felt every one of those teeth go in. It was like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. a scrub. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. basically a scrub python. It was yeah. solid, but, man. I felt, I felt, I was like, oh shit, I screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about to, to the, to the point earlier, right. To, to sort of what Ryan and what Tony were talking about, about mm-hmm. having these, you know, mixing these, uh, 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 IJs with the, you know, make it designer animals and stuff. I have nothing against that, but here's, here's the, the, what could have happened with poison Ivy. If, if what's his name, uh, didn't get out of it and sell her his, his first breeding to her was to a Jag. Right. Yeah. Great. It, it, so, Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, well, okay, I, I, you know, I guess at the time, I, I IJ okay. Jags had some semblance of allure then. Yeah, but the whole idea of the IJ Jag was it's going to be yellow, and now you're breeding it to this black animal. Just, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm on my Nick Mutton stool of uh, do it. You know, now we're we're with <laughs> you, you know, on that stool. I have a feeling my, my preaching stool of uh, you know, but um, no, it's like. That could that that project could have been lost and gone because if something would have had like I mean she only yeah. produced what three I think she she produced three clutches for me and it, you know luckily they were all pure IJ stuff but like if 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 I wouldn't have gotten her who knows maybe she would have died and and right. produced three clutches of IJ Jags which I mean <laughs> when's the last time you saw somebody trying to sell an IJ Jag never <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean. I bought a few over the years. Man, I had one. I had one like six years ago. I, I sold her six years ago, but I, I had ha- I got her like eight years ago, and she was the angriest jag I'd ever had. She would get so high, like stress and angry, that she would arch her back, like invert it, and flatten her ribs out. And she would eat. Holy shit. She would get so angry. And then when she'd eat, she'd wrap and she'd stay all like flattened, like a weird broken disc. And like, dude, meanest (laughs) snake ever. But like it manifested in like she'd arch her back so much that she would like concave and go flat and her ribs would go flat. And like, like, sounds like a falsy. What the hell? Dude, it was gross. (laughs) It was grotesque. She was just high stress all the time. And I ended up selling her to, uh, I don't even remember, but, um, yeah, she was a knucklehead. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, IJ Jags that you know at one point when it was new and hadn't really been been really explored much, there was certainly some exploratory value to it. But nowadays, you know, unless somebody's gonna revamp um, a cool cross project and try and like you know market something through their own, like if Tony were to to really um dial in the the caramel ij jags that he's produced and really show that like if you do this and make some beautiful crosses and selectively breed you can get some of the orangest pattern in some nice yellow ij jags you know then he he creates a a new value in something right by Mm -hmm. by showing his interest and his passion and developing it and you know putting in work and then saying look this is what i created i appreciate it for x y and z if you like this here you go and yeah and there's nothing wrong with that um it's just yeah it, it's different than it was when it was ne- not you know had been done and uh yeah it's just interesting to think about um i i constantly think about poison ivy when i when i check on uh those two animals from emily stoddard uh especially right after a shed i, I constantly think of what they are going to produce because they didn't produce this season um i was i was 
for sure thinking that female would drop a clutch, but she was just kind of getting her training wheels on. So I think next season she'll be good to go. So I wanted to see what she produces, but it makes me think about the same situation with poison Ivy, like, especially now that I'm in the process of losing that, that sort of founder, really dark melanistic female of mine. Right. Um, right. You know, it puts new value on the 1.2 that I kept from that year. It puts new value on the males that I place with everyone. It puts new value on the clutch that I have in the incubator, you know, and, and I'm really curious to see what comes out and then, you know, take it to the next step, siblings sort of thing, puts, you know, complete pairs for some people and see what they do with it. Because I, you know, for, you know, ideal situation, get a bunch of females and everybody they sent males to can get a, can get a female and I'll keep, you know, maybe one or two. And then that'll leave like one or two for somebody else to help expand. But it's like, it has to be done responsibly in my eyes. And I think about poison Ivy and what could have been and what we could have lost mm-hmm. and then yeah. the future. And yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not that it's not. And again, this sort of like, you know, when, when you sort of, for me, when I reflect on these things that have happened to me or that I've seen or whatever, it sort of like shapes my ideas. And like, when I really have a moment to sort of think about these things, this is why I am where I am right now. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think that, you know, I'm going to get out of the way of guys like Tony and Ryan and all these guys that want to make these designer animals, you know, Martin, he does an amazing job of like doing the gamma stuff. There's just so many people out there that are doing it. And, and I, I'm just like, let them do it. You know, it, it's, it's awesome. They're only going to promote carpets in a, in a, in an amazing way of some of the most crazy animals that they make. You know what I mean? Like, it's just amazing what they're creating, you know, even as much as I, I wouldn't do it, but the albino uh, Bradley is just like, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, I think even Nick button was like, Oh God. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I think he, he had to take a, he might not admit it, but he had to take a pause and say, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if God forbid we ever found an albino Bradley in the wild, then, you know, I would be able to make something like that. Cause I know you used to drive him nuts. They would have, He's like, I have a caramel, I have a zebra, you know, he really likes that sort of busy type of pattern of like caramel zebras and stuff like that. And he used to tell Mm -hmm. me, it kills me that I can't produce them because I'm like, (laughs) well, why not? Just do it, man. Like, what is everybody going (laughs) to just bust your stones for like a year and then everybody will forget about it and we'll move on. You know, it will be funny carpet fetch jokes when you're, you know, like, remember when you used to be pure? (laughs) 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 We talk about Owen boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, look at him, man. He's like going full on. Yeah, man. He's what full on. He a red, uh, red tiger jag to a, a zebra. No, a red, a red zebra jag, a red tiger zebra jag. Just a jungle to a jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and where did we do? Where did we lose you? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's like it's like the two of us cannot ever be the same. So it's like if you this way, I have to go that way. And it's just like you know we can't ever you know exist in the same plane. Did he do that on purpose? He made it sound like it was an accident in his message. He was. (laughs) Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. That one. 
I'm going to venture to say no, because when he came and picked that snake up, he sort of said, hmm, what can I breed this to? And I was like, <laughs> I'll just put it in with the jungle. Very good. Hmm. You know, there you go. not here to defend himself because he can't say any witty snaps back at us. Yeah. 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 You missed it, though. <laughs> Keeps me on my toes. I feel entirely yeah. too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I like his uh, his tone. The tone he uses, yeah. like uh, "How dare you?" <laughs> He's got some good, some good famous catchphrases that could be on t-shirts, and people are like, "Ha ha ha!" That's yes, yep. yeah, he is a witty son of a bitch. I will yeah, give him. There's that. no doubt. I uh, I constantly have like weird feelings pulling me towards just having pop wins and pop win carpets and nothing else. And then I'm like, but, but then I'll never get to see my stripe jungle project through. And then I won't get to do this and that. And my, what about my Krebos and this and that, but like, God dang it. If I don't feel an itch towards literally having only pop win copper carpets and pop win pythons. Like yeah. if I had nothing else, I would still be okay. I feel that, but I ask me. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Are like gray Jedi's actually? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Your IJs are just Qui Gon. Yeah, exactly. Qui Gon. Yeah, the mutts are the dark side. Um, yeah, but I mean, again, I think, I think, I think that the morphs help. Um, but I don't know. It seems like, I, I don't know. I keep thinking this and it may be just because I'm not on Facebook all the time, but it, it, it just makes me think like that the morph thing with carpets is sort of came and went. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I wrong to feel that way? It just seems like uh, you don't see as much attention like you did say five, six years ago. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're not going to blow up the internet these days with a nice looking jag like you would ten years ago. You know? Do you think that's because people have like the new newer reptile keepers have just like they don't want no parts of jags and stuff like that? Like they've kind of moved away from that, or do you? What, what's I, your I think thought? There's a bit of uh, in the reptile hobby as a whole. I think there's a bit of sort of like this unspoken almost shaming if you work with anything that has a potentially questionable side to it like jags or spiders or scaleless or like whether you agree with it or not there's like <laughs> uh, oh the patreon people are the people yeah. that weren't there yesterday missed that yeah thing. We, we went into that. <laughs> yes. but there's like there's like this unspoken like shaming and taboo towards people if they work with those things and and I don't know. I think the morph stuff has definitely lost some of its like novelty. We'll say it's never going to go away, but I think nowadays there's a bit of this public, like if you aren't, uh, if you aren't truly passionate about the species in its natural way, then like you really shouldn't. And how dare you? And it's like almost like nobody's going out and bullying people, but like you hmm. can almost feel it and see it in some of the comments and things online and, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just perceiving all of this and it's not really yeah. there. Yeah. But I would like it's to not think reality, of it, but yeah. Yeah. I would like to think of it more as just like a balancing of the scales a little bit, you know, it, sure. no pun intended, but mm -hmm. you know, 
it seemed to me, at least when I was first getting into this, that if it wasn't a morph, it didn't matter, you know? And, and now I feel mm -hmm. like, it, and it might just be that I talk the most with you guys and people that think the way we do, but it, right. it seems like there's at least a lot more emphasis in appreciating the actual animal <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, the paint jobs are fun. I can't wait to see what a stonewashed stripe looks like, how how hypo stripes look. You know, I'm all about it. But at the same time, I if I could only keep, you know, one brettles, I'd get a nice normal because that's what took millions of years to create, <laughs> you know, for very yeah. specific reasons. Like, I don't know. It's just I'm a natural history person. That's my thing. If, yeah, if me that's too. not your thing, it's okay. But I, I, I just see the pendulum swinging back towards more appreciation towards things like colubrids and natural boas and obscure species. And it kind of brings along this re return and resurgence of appreciation of things in their natural state a little bit more coupled with, you know, the novelty of morph stuff wearing down, wearing off a little bit. I think there might also just be a little bit of a sour taste in people's mouths um, from the negative side of things like the ball python explosion and, and maybe how that negatively impacted certain things. And I think that that is very intertwined with morphs mm -hmm. um, and the commodification of a broken genes that make things look funky, you know? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off on that, but yeah, I yeah, it's weird. It's hard for me to judge because it's it's like I used to be so intertwined with the what the more you know, and I still do follow it. I still do you know. I I've I've pulled away from Facebook a lot, so I'm not seeing it there. Um, you know, um, yeah, I just don't know. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to put my my finger on it but it just seems like i have more people contacting me about whether it's ijs or whether it's coastal carpets or you know these i don't know it just inlands diamonds stuff like that but hmm. yeah i don't i don't know it's um i think it maybe it's cyclical you know maybe like you're saying the pendulum's just swinging back the other way because sure. you know yeah. more people are Maybe you have more keepers coming in that are that are keeping in naturalistic setups, and they really want the naturalistic look of whatever species they're trying to keep. But uh, I don't know; it just seems like yeah. it's sort of moved away from it. But I could I know be for wrong. Me, you know? like a a large, you know, a big thing for me doing the environmental studies in college and whatnot is like, you know, having the the piece of nature in a box here, right? Like if if shit continues to hit the fan and in, in the way that it appears to and things start disappearing out in the wild, do I want a tiger albino something or other scaleless rough scale Python? Or do I want what we used to have that's not there anymore? You know, like, right. I want the normal, <laughs> you know, I want to preserve what is real. Yeah. Um, right. But that's something that, is probably more specific to me and the way I think. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of a weird thing. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, and I don't know how much we influence that. You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it because of us talking about, you know, Australia or, you know, and then, you know, you, uh, you see again, not to put Craig on the spot, but you see him posting up these amazing animals. And then you see these other people that are just coming out of the woodwork that are just posting up just amazing, normal looking animals. And you're like, 
it makes people go, Oh, maybe you don't need a morph. You know, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, uh, you don't, if you need the morph to appreciate the species it's probably not the right species. Right. I, I, I would definitely say that Keith McPeak has had a huge influence on me when it comes to that. Right. Because, um, you know, his, his just, you know, again, just herping with him and, and spending time with him and hanging out at his house. And, you know, um, it's just sort of like, you know, I, I don't know, man, you know, you know how it is. You're around different people and they sort of influence you in a way and they get you thinking and you're sort of like, oh yeah, I guess that, you know, it's like he, he used to, he says this line of like, if you can't see the species through the morph, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then, exactly. you know, it, it's, that's, it's, that's, <laughs> I think that's why the, not to pick on them because I'm not picking on them, just using them as an example to sort of clarify this, but that's exactly why, people outside of the ball python realm of things can so quickly point a finger to to almost make fun of them because from the outside looking in it seems like everybody only cares about the outer paint job and not the animal underneath it it seems that way of course that's right. not 100 percent the case right you can't i think a, that it is fair to say that a larger m- proportion of ball the python majority. folks wouldn't be able to tell you about their natural history right and there are <laughs> that are absolutely enthusiastic about that but do appreciate the animal and then there are the people that appreciate the animal be for the pet value but they just want to see it in a pretty color and they'll just keep like two like that yeah but yeah i think most of the people don't value the the python regis for what a python regis does in togo ghana benin how it plays the role in ecologically yeah and you you know asterisk as long as like a nice wild ball python with a natural setting like found photographed beautifully and put that next to a photograph of the latest morph just on a white background ball python hobbyists are going to lose their shit over the morph more than the beautiful scenery and the landscape and the information of just seeing the animal in its native state in its natural setting yes and and there's value to it. I get it. People, you know, pay their bills and feed their families off breeding the morphs. And it's yeah. a, it's a wonderful hobby. And there are certainly way worse things to spend your money and time on. Right. Yes. It's absolutely. Yeah. worse. To- the, the asterisk for me is as long as you're taking good care of that animal and you're still prioritizing animal welfare and you're not just, you know, being a jackass, then it's, it's okay. If, if you're right. not a natural history buff, if you don't really sure. mind Fine. the ecology, as long as you're doing a good job, you know, like as long as you care about the animal and yeah. try to do your best, you know? Yeah. And yeah. this is why talking about, you know, this is a perfect example that Bob Evans sort of, you know, uh, sort of, uh, brings up. It's like, you know, do we want to be inclusive or exclusive? And I, I think what he's getting at is like, sort of, are we splitting ourselves up into, you know, two different camps or whatever. And it's like, um, I, I don't, I listen, I still have morphs. That's why this is always such a weird topic for me to talk about. You know what I mean? Uh, because it sounds uh, like I'm somehow like, like talking bad sure. about it. And I, I don't no, know how I to talk morphs. about this. We all have, without, we all have, yeah, morphs. I, I, I don't know how to talk about this without sounding that way. And I don't, I don't mean to come across that way, no. but I just find it sort of, well, for one, I'm even fascinated by the carpet python hobby, right? And I and I, I like to follow where the where things are going and and how it's evolving. I mean, let's be honest, we do 
three different podcasts that sort of talk about carpet pythons. So like <laughs> to have your finger on the pulse is sort of like part of the whole gig of doing the, uh, the podcast, which is why I bring up the fact that like, and I think, was it, um, Tony said it, the big morph makers aren't, are not advertising or flooding pages like they have. And maybe that's why to me, the perception is, is that, what happened? Did, did, did they all go away? Like, I know it's like every day I was seeing some cool new, you know, combo of whatever. And now I don't see that anymore. So, um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's, I'm, it's, it's such a delicate thing. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. trying to say that if you keep morphs, they're bad. And I'm not trying to say that if you keep why, you know, if you don't keep morphs, you're bad. It's, it's sort of like this, that you know, I'm, I'm, I guess in a way I'm trying to sort of to bring it together and trying to see like where people's head are is at right now. Like where, where are they feeling? Like, what are they looking for car for people getting into carpet pythons? What are they looking for? What, 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 what excites them? You know, like what, what, what is it? Is it just the natural IJ or is it, you know, a caramel zebra exanic Jack? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, When I'm talking about this kind of stuff, like I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) doing <laughs> anybody else's like what they like you know i'm not yucking anybody's yum if you will i'm just explaining what is my thing and as long as you're doing right by the animal i don't care what you're drawn to you know like sure. that's i will never have a problem with you if you're taking good yeah. good care of your animal <laughs> that's that's it but yeah the it's problem. not it's not a I like this, so you can't like that. It's right. a, I like this, right. and I also like that, and you can like whatever you want as long as you're being a good keeper. The problem is people take your like as an affront to their like and all of a sudden take it as a, a fence put up between two sides on the same ground. The problem is yeah. you sit on that fence and ride both, which is exactly yeah. what Eric was saying. He's not trying to poo-poo morphs. He's saying the emphasis on that has dwindled a bit, and and I'm right there with him. I like my pure stuff. I value it for its purity. I value it for what it represents. And I also have a couple, you know, cross projects and I value them for what they look like and what they represent in their own way. It's not an right. either or. We 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 as as human beings like to do either or. We like to do yeah. this or that. The tribal. Yeah, we vary. I mean, look at politics, look at religion, look at whatever. There's us versus them in everything we do, because quite frankly, it's one way to define oneself. It's a way to quantify what you feel, what you believe, whatever. The problem is most people don't realize it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can be that third gray area. You can start that tertiary level. You can ride both sides of the fence. We all have to be Qui-Gon. We do. <laughs> I've been feeling this in my in my time in zoos. I felt that way yeah. because it's like I'm in the zoo profession and I'm in the hobby. I'm right in the middle. I am. Yeah. A gray area. Yeah. And I'm not in zoos anymore, but I still maintain that gray area state of mind. And I don't I don't take sides. I don't I don't play like if I if I follow this thing, I have to associate the same way with everything on that. I think for myself, and therefore I am a gray area. And everybody can do that. Yeah. And every can define themselves without having to make your definition based on what other people are doing you can close yeah. you, you can put the blinders on about what everyone else is doing focus just on the animals and the way the hobby exists and find what you like and be okay with it. the problem is yeah. we just got to stop telling people what they should and shouldn't like just couldn't yeah, you said it any better figure yeah. it out yeah 
It's, I mean, yeah. shit, man. We can't even agree on phones. It's either you're an Android or you're an Apple. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but it's if like, you're an Android person, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you right there, let's Lucas. Be, let's be honest here. <laughs> you know, but so, it's, I, I, I try so hard not to, yeah, to your point, it's like I try not to put something, somebody else's thing down. Mm-hmm by trying to put my thing up. Sure. So like, I, I just want to put my thing out. This is what I'm into. You know what I mean? This is what I like, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't like that, you know, and I, we said it earlier, like albino bread, Bradley. I mean, to me, I mean, come on, man, that's just the sick snake. And I, I can see why people love it. And, you know, I, if I'm being honest, when, when I saw it, I'm like, Oh God, I could do that. Do I want to do that? Maybe I should just buy one as a pet one day or, you know, it's just like one of those things. So it's like, you know, uh, there's no rule saying you can't redefine yourself at any moment and add another variable and change your thoughts. And the way I was thinking was wrong, you know, it's called growth. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yo, you're not allowed to do that in this world today. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that guy. He's unstable. You know, it's like that kind yeah. of perception is such hogwash. You know, like, I mean, I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it in the first two hours. And and if anybody who's still sticking through <laughs> this far is still here, or you fast forward it because somebody told you that we brought it up at the end, I, I don't like getting into the 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 elephant in the room and the reptile hobby i don't like naming names i don't like you know bringing open the opening the valve for the drama in here i like to keep this drama free but the only thing i want to say about the late and recent youtube drama is this division we've just been talking about is exactly what is being put on display by some of the very big names with the huge following it's like watching children on a playground throw rocks at one another and then go yeah. and tell the teacher when they got hit that the other side is doing something wrong, but saying exactly. I was involved. It's the it's the pettiest, most childish, yeah. unbelievable display of waste of time, waste of energy from people that could do much better with their time, could continue or start to be better role role models for the people that are watching them because they use such clickbait to bring new people into the hobby, yet they act like such children on their platforms, they've lost what it is to, to love and portray this love of reptiles. It's, and that's why we are here every Monday. That's why we run 10 podcasts. That's why we do Patreon because we love these animals so much. And there are people out here that want to learn more and share this enjoyment instead of yeah. sitting on the other side of the fence, throwing rocks at each other, trying to say why we're less terrible for the hobby, but all at the same time, looking awful and poorly representing the hobby you've right. failed you've lost the you've lost sight of your mission you've lost sight of the goal you've lost the essence of what your channel is about what you could be doing it, it you've completely lost it unbelievable and i'm so i've never been more disappointed in my life and ashamed to be a part of the reptile hobby when i see the big names that represent all of us going out there and abusing their platforms by acting yep. like children pissing in the wind at one another it's the most disgusting thing and yeah. i won't name names and i won't reference anything because i'm not i'm not going to stoop down to that level because they all know who they are and they should all be ashamed of themselves because yeah. that's yeah. not what the reptile hobby is but guess what that's what everybody sees and that's what 
the common person walking by my window thinks the reptile hobby is when these big names are out there just arguing with one another. Why not talk about the snakes? Yeah. Why not show snakes? Why not show reality? I know they will claim, oh, we always do. That's why we have these bite videos and free handling. Da, da, da. Do it better. Do yeah. it better. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah, Couldn't agree more. Sensationalism. Uh, sensationalism. Calling out sensationalism. Everyone is like tired of it. Inception. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. None of these people are going to watch this right now. They're not going to see it all the way to the end. And if they do, I hope they listen. And I hope the people that are here listening go vote with their dollar, go vote with their time. You know, don't engage people that are doing terrible crap like that. You know, we all have a voice and we all, I've said it a million times. I'm just, I, I'm sick of seeing the shit. It's awful. Get back I, to rest. I, I saw this guy and um, I, I, I'm not really, I, somehow he popped up on my, uh, it, it's his channel is Snakes and Adders. And I think oh, he's in yeah. the UK. Yeah, and he gave this speech about like these people that are trying to push the reptile hobby forward in a way of taking better care of these animals, a better understanding of them and 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 really, you know, diving into the natural history and really trying to, you know, just understand what makes these animals tick and like how we can do a better job. And he's naming all these names. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I was like, you know, the average person is not going to know any of these people. And, you know, he, he just listed them one after the other, after the other, and what they're doing. Like, you know, this one's working with, you know, like trying to understand UV and, 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 and how it affects, uh, you know, snakes and how can we better keep these, you know, animals and all this stuff. And he's going on and on. And like, meanwhile, right. His channel is going to get shit. You know, mm -hmm. his channel is going to get like, they're not going to watch it because it's not, it's not glamorous or whatever, but I got to tell you, I started diving into it and he's doing sort of exactly what student of the serpent is. He's like, he's taking this, this animal and he's, he's got maps and everything behind him, And he's, he's taking species by species and, you know, talking about it and whatnot. And yes, it's not, it's not glamorous. It's not exciting. And I guess we have to figure out a way I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know how you do that to sort of like, I guess for me, I just watch something like that and I'm just drawn in because I want to learn about that species. So to me, that's, that's all I need. This is enough. Uh, just you talking about it is, um, you know, uh, is enough. It's enough for me to sort of uh, get on board, but like, I don't know, man, this idea that somehow in order to reach the the average person, you know, and that was sort of like part of this video in order to reach the average person, you know, I have to do this or I have to do that. And yeah, I just don't buy that, man. We have to do better. Like well, here, to me, that's life. the lazy way out. Like, I, I mean, you, you know, I, I, I said it before and I, I hate to, I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not trashing, you know, Steve Irwin or anything, but I think that it started with him. And you yeah. look at, like, think about this. Does anybody ever talk about Jeff Corwin? No. <laughs> really. I mean, I do, but I'm a nerd. So <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, I, I just don't, you know, it, I, and again, I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like this thing. It's, it's like, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you yes. can, you can do it without the, you know, handling the, and, and I'm not saying that he never handled anything or whatever, but not right. that, uh, sensationalism that sort of came along with that. And I think, I think everybody had this idea that they wanted to be 
the next Steve Irwin. And like, they have this in their brain that this is the only way that, that somehow you can make reptiles cool. That's just, I don't know, man. They're just cool on their own. Like just talk about some of the shit that they do. And you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, They do what? (laughs) I don't know. For the first to do it like Steve and Jeff Corwin and those guys, to me, they get a pass because literally nobody gave a shit about those animals until they came and like made things insanely exciting and entertaining. Right. The, you, you, you rip the bandaid off with them and then you, you just stop, stop doing that and get into the educational stuff. You make the name, you, you've got your Steve and the industry's under the spotlight. Great. Now people can start being educational and use that, that door that he opened and, and run with it. Um, to me, and this is probably very shallow and nearsighted and I'm sure I'm using a broader brush than is appropriate. And there's probably some good people out there. But to me, uh, if, if you live and die by your YouTube, like if that's how you make your money, um, then not like, I guess I get why you use clickbait, but that seems kind of like a shitty compromise. Um, go get a freaking job. I'm sorry. I have a job. I have a YouTube channel and I don't live and die by my YouTube channel. So I don't feel the need to use clickbait to get as many freaking views as possible to make money. And, you know, like maybe that's the challenge of being a YouTuber. Like if they, if somebody wants to be a content creator, that's the world you live in. But yeah, I think Justin, Justin Julander said it perfectly. You're going to do it full time. You do need to use these as tools, right? Clickbait and draw people in. But be good about it. Don't drop people in and then talk about horrid shit and just be a child. Like, draw them in and be educational about it if you've got to do it. But, man, you will never see me use clickbait. As long as I have a job and get a, a paycheck, I have no need to, like, stoop down to that level. And and I've heard all the rationalizations from people about it before, and I just I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I think, though, I think, too, though, that there's a certain level of like, okay, I'm just going to use NPR for an example. Right. You know, in the early years, the technology that we had really limited to what we could do as far as good audio and good. You know what I mean? But, you know, the content's there. But am I going to lose people because the the audio is not, you know, stellar? You know, I think the diehards are going to push through it. And it's sort of like the same people that. You know, like the three of us and probably most of the people in the chat, you put up a video that talks about natural history of a species. We're in. We're, we're probably going to watch it and we're probably going to like it. And it's probably just going to be somebody standing there reading off, uh, you know, uh, uh, something about this snake as they hold the snake or whatever. And, you know, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing, whatever. Right. The challenge that I would say is that I think that the people that are doing YouTube videos, if that's what you want to do, if that's where you want to go. You got up the game, man. You got up the game. You got up the game. You can't, you know, it's, it's just like why I just continually try to make podcasts better and better and better and better. And like, we're, I'm working on this stu- uh, field turpin podcast with Nipper and uh, you know, you guys, I think I've sent you like a little copy of it. It's just so different than anything that, that that's out there, you know, because I'm trying to up the game. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a listener that could listen to this right and be drawn in without necessarily being into snakes and yes it takes a lot of time i've been working on this for months you know and like yeah. as soon as i think i have it you know nipper's like no nah, we got to change something you know no nah, but but i'm glad that he does that because he's keeping that quality content he's keeping it he's keeping the standard as high as it possibly can be 
for a pot. I, to me, th- this is going to be the, you know, again, I don't want to talk like, you know, and, and then it comes out and people are like, oh, that was shit. But I think like, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, I, I think with student, it was sort of what I was trying to get with, with student and the serpent, but I couldn't quite, it, it was too, too much of a, the, the infancy of like how to do it. But like, you know, Nipper worked up a storyline of this whole thing and how this effect and sounds and all this stuff to convey this story of, you know, of field herping. I don't know, man. It's it, so, so my challenge to the people out there is like, it, rather than us, you know, complaining about the shitty people, let's do better than them. Let's mm-hmm. do better than what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. and, and they'll just, you know, if, if clickbaits, how you got to get your thing, well, we're going to be better than that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to make it to the, the content. And, and that's the hope with this channel, right? The hope is, yeah. is that with the Patreon and all this stuff that we can go to these places, we can go herp in Australia and come back with documentary style, top quality, uh, video footage, um, you know, to do that, to, to say like, okay, look, we're, we're going to raise the bar. So exactly. That's what uh, we're going to do. We're going to do yeah. it. I can't wait. Well, yeah, and man. first off, I think we, I think you and Owen set a great precedent in doing it with NPR and setting, setting the bar high for what professional reptile content output can be. And have continuously each year done it better and better and better just because you enjoy the, the fine tuning of your craft. And what you've essentially done is created a standard, um, that, that you hold yourself to and, uh, and most people, you know, appreciate that without realizing it, but you don't realize it until you see stuff that maybe doesn't have that same attention to detail and, uh, and standard. And then you really, you really under, really understand like why these people excel at it. And I think you and Owen have set that bar really high and then, you know, bringing Keith into the fold and Nipper into the fold with these podcasts and Justin and all this good stuff. You've, you just continued to do exactly what you said. It's just raise the bar and raise the bar and you don't stoop to the levels of some of the people that are great examples for you of what you don't want to do. Right. Like, so for, for somebody like, you know, I, I loved when Justin Julander did his podcast. Um, you know, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So when he contacted me and said, you know, he wanted to sort of start something up again, you know, I was, I, I, again, I, I, to me, it's like, okay, we have this platform. So I want to kind of get the, these people that I would want to hear putting out content. And if I can help them do that in any way, then that's what we're going to do. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. When Alan and Kai contacted about the monitor podcast, I'm like, great. This is awesome. You know what I mean? Like finally somebody that's, you know, sharing the same vision and they want it. And, and it's, it can't be Eric and Owen that does it because Eric and Owen don't really know shit about monitors. You know what I mean? (laughs) We don't know. You have to have people that are, that, that, that have that not. So like carpet pythons, we can talk all day. You know what I mean? I mean, we can just go on and on and on and on and on, but like knowing, you know, your boundaries and trying to get the people, you know, it's all about, it's all about, to me, being a leader is all about having the right players in the right positions. You know what I mean? And to me, that's how you set the stage. You know, when Lucas first came, I said, look at this kid, man, look at this kid. He's got the passion. He's got the heart. You know what I mean? And Riley, we've known you forever in the same way. You know, it was like these guys have what, you know, they're going to take the torch and keep running with it because they have that, 
that that passion for the animal and 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 hopefully we can be good role models for the next generation so they can take the torch and they can keep running with it and putting this positive content out for people that that they can see these animals are amazing just in their own right you don't need flash you don't need you don't need pizzazz you don't need any of that but you do need somebody that's going to be passionate about it and bring that message to people so that they are like they're just like they're overwhelmed with your enthusiasm they're like holy shit I have to like these, you know, there's no yeah. other way, but I, you know, I'm just into it because yes. they're into it. Oh my God. There must be so cool to, to do this. So like, just, you know, just, I, I don't, I don't know, man, it, that's, that's the goal. That's the hope. So like, you know, I would challenge people out there rather than let, let's stop focusing on, you know, on them. And, 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 you know, we try to stay away from this stuff so much because it's like, you can't talk about this stuff without, sounding negative about things or being in a camp and I don't want to do that. And we don't want to do that. And that's not the goal, but sometimes you have to talk about these things. And you know, the thing that I would say is again, just challenge to be better, be better, be better than what they are. And we'll rise to the top. You know what I mean? And people will, will get into and appreciate these animals the way we do. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's a hundred percent true. You, your, your words right now have come after 10 years of your actions. And, and that's, that's your 10 years of actions leading up to that statement speaks volumes. I mean, you guys have, you and Owen have literally just done your thing, what you love, what you're interested in and look what you built. Yeah. Period. Oh I mean, man. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Well, well said. I mean, I know it's weird. What, uh... And say like that about yourself. I'm sure it's uncomfortable talking about yourself like that. That's that's yeah. why I do it. So much. That's why I yeah. do it so much at the end of all of our shows because yeah. I want people to acknowledge that because it's real, and they do acknowledge it. You get scroll through the chat, you'll see tons of people saying it, sort of indirectly or straight up. And, right. and the ten years of people following NPR is is a testament to it. And and we're just gonna you know. I can't speak for Lucas, obviously, but I I don't think he would disagree when I say that we're just happy to help, you know, keep carrying. Oh, hell yeah. I'm still pitching myself. This is crazy. (laughs) It's an honor. Eric for Carpet Emperor. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) I am the carpet. Uh, Perfect. Well, what better way to, yeah, to kick way off to the end. week than that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The one. pod father. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And and Robert Sekas, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. A plain ball python is still your favorite ball python. I'm with you there, man. I love my big, beautiful, normal girl. She's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Can't beat it. Nature is good on its own, right? There so. it is. Yeah, Ian, you don't you typically don't see when I get red, how red I get because it's usually on audio form, but like, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. it's just, right now. I yeah, love man. it. That was yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. I, uh, I think I think each episode we do of this, we kind of we kind of just help uh, you know, convey that that feeling and and you know, the more people put out good, positive content, the more it takes away any taboo or the more it inspires people to, you know, maybe put out their first video or their first podcast or whatever it ends up being. Um, it's it's tough and it, and it's hard, but you just, if you enjoy it and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you'll make something great out of it. And I, I just think that's the, the biggest lesson to be learned out of it. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I tomorrow you're going to hear 
Dr. Richard Ross on NPR. And, you know, man, what an episode. I'm telling you, man. You know, again, this is like trying to keep up in the game, the herp history thing, trying to to get the those guys that that started this whole thing. And man, wait, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And hopefully, hopefully by Tuesday, providing that Nipper doesn't change anything. <laughs> I will have the field herping podcast out. And I, I hope that uh, people really like that because uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool. I, I, I listened to it. Like, I think I listened to it like 10 times, Shit. like that little clip, like just over and over and over again. I was like, ah, oh, man, this is pretty good. Oh man. This I can't is wait. Good. I, I would let, you know, so that's awesome. Nice. Went that red after his COVID jab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait. Uh, to hear so, Good stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, everything yeah. coming down the pipe. It sounds like we've got a new Humans of Herpiculture podcast coming up. Field Herp podcast coming up. NPR happens every week. Uh, Carpets yeah, and Coffee happens bah, 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 bah. Uh, yeah. What else is there? There's Carpet Cliff Notes. There's Call You Brick Corner. There's Student of the Serpent. There's the monitor keeping podcast and then one more coming i believe and i think that's everything right i think you nailed it yeah. cool i'm yeah. getting better each week so that was smooth i'll take a yeah. few more guys but you know pretty soon it'll just be a little i'll be almost as good as owen with his and, uh, his natural outro you know exactly yeah. and where can the people find you sir uh nowhere don't ever contact me <laughs> you're on out i quit no, well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, you can find me under Riley's Reptiles on everything or uh, just Riley Jimison on YouTube. Yeah. You can find me on all the uh, things Centralian Exotics, www.centralianexotics.com. And uh, I'm just going to promote Morelia Python radio.com uh that's the place if you want to get in contact with us the email is info at Morelia python radio uh the best you know one of the easiest way that you can support us in the network is to uh like and i guess now they call it follow uh the uh the podcast now you follow it on itunes i don't know if follow is on spotify too but i think itunes is sort of going the way of spotify to sort yeah. of go there but yeah. uh follow us and uh, all the different ones that, that, like Riley said, that we have, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, right here, uh, if you're watching this on the NPR Network YouTube channel, we're trying to get those uh, subscriptions up. So if you haven't subscribed, please go over and do it. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, we got some things in the works. I didn't talk to you guys yet, but uh, you know, I'm trying to to uh, to get like little clips, like five minute clips of things of certain things and sharing things, and that we can put up here to sort of get some content going that way. Um, you know, we Sounds got great. the uh, another another way that you can support us is the uh, the Teespring store, uh, the NPR Network uh, Teespring store. If you want some swag, um, that would be the place to get it. And of course, we have the Patreon, which we did uh, our first, um, you know, monthly uh, chat last night, private chat. Um, you know, those uh, that was pretty cool. You know, it's uh, it, because it's a private chat. It can be uh, a little more uh, talk about things you can't necessarily talk about, if you will. Uh, so yes. um, there you go. And uh, yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say is like uh, the most important thing to follow, like, subscribe, support. U.S. Arc. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. All I got. Yeah, 
hundred yeah. percent. That's that's the yeah. best way to end it without USR. We're kind of screwed. So yeah. yeah, there's one place to support support them. So perfect. All righty. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Thanks Eric and Lucas for making time yet again every Monday. And uh, yeah, everyone thank you guys this audio. <laughs> You made it this far i hope you enjoyed it and uh, we will catch you all next week for another cup of joe carpet and coffee monday morning or afternoon depending on where you're at and we'll see y'all next week have a great week everybody all righty